Warning, this program typically features respectful, nuanced, and well-informed commentary, strong language, obscure pop culture references, and spurious allegations. We, we, we know of new methods of attack. The Trojan Greetings and welcome back to another exciting installment of the Fifth Column Podcast. I don't know why I'm slapping my arm as I say that. This is your almost weekly rhetorical consult in the news cycle, the people that make it, and occasionally ourselves. I'm Camille Foster. I do important, well, just I'll just leave it in important things at a place called Freethink. I'm delighted to be here with you today. I am joined in our Manhattan studio, our, our sprawling Manhattan studio, yeah. by Matt Welch, editor at large, Reason Magazine, in the building. The answer to your question of why you're slapping your arms is because sun's out, gun's out. You're like kind of flashing something. Yeah, Yeah, well, my back is in great shape, so, but I appreciate that. Thank you for the encouragement. It's nice. You're like the uh, guy at the Apple store who totally wanted to sleep with me. It's strange interaction. Um, Also, Michael Moynihan. Uh, By the way, you've already told me that story I think you're really enjoying this. I mean, I'm not not kidding. You told me this already today. It's not You know I'm I'm at the Apple store. (laughs) I don't know why you're that. It's not yeah. every day That's that a man that a man comes on to me. So it happened to me the other day. Did it? Yeah, it happens to me every day. Yeah. yeah. Did you also sleep with the guy? Yeah, totally. Good. Uh, it's the no, I hadn't been to the gym in a long time. Yeah. Like Uh-oh. 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Maybe 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> so I went to the gym. This is the voice of Michael Moynihan. Yeah, yeah. It's my national correspondent it, for HBO's Vice News tonight. It's going to be a good story, and it's not going to be a good story. <laughs> um, and I was in the gym, and there was a guy. Uh, it was like, so, he was like a Toms of Finland character. He had like a mustache. <laughs> and he was like, I swear to God, he was like, uh, and the other part of the uh, locker room. I don't, a, I don't have a very nice body. That's why I'm at the gym, right? But he was, didn't care. He was just looking at me. He was like, hey, yeah, smile. And then I went and I shouted. It was very nice to a very fancy gym. Not one of those ones with like glory holes and stuff. This is a nice gym. <laughs> very nice gym. Equinox. Glory holes are a feature, uh, not yeah, a bug. Yeah, you know, they got lots of uh, nice soaps and, and, and eucalyptus towels. Oh, yeah. And so I'm doing all of a sudden I come back and he's still there staring at me. He's just like smiling at that point. I'm like, maybe he listens to Fifth Cone. I should go and ask him and be like, "What you like? The, you like the podcast?" And he'd be like, "I don't. I had no podcast." <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. So then, what happened next is none of your business, America. Wow. There so, you go. There you go. That's, that's bonus content. Love wins. And that's Love Anthony wins. Fisher, right? We. I Anthony, cut him off. That's true. I didn't yeah. finish. Anthony Fisher back in the building wasn't here the last go round. Not last week because we missed last, we missed week. last week. And by missed, I mean we have lives, people. Occasionally, no. All this shit was, gets uh, real. Matt and I were both like puking it. Oh yeah, you guys. Yeah, were we're I was busy. Well, we weren't together. It sounded like we were together. <laughs> We're spooning with Tom of Finland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Williamsburg. I was like, guys. It was yeah, very I, I just, I called him and I was like, dude, I met this guy at the gym. He's, I think he's finished. Let's all hang out. And Matt was like, I'm sick. And I was like, that's fine. Don't worry about it. He's sick too. Well, I don't, I don't really, this is another one of those weeks where we've done some planning and yeah. discussion, Euphemism. coordination. Yeah. I really don't exactly know what we're going to do today. There's quite a bit happening in the universe. Really? Um, and perhaps before we get there we'll do like banter stuff but there are trump tariffs uh, apparently trump jr has been subpoenaed by the senate intelligence committee which is kind of a big deal kind those, of, those yeah. are is republicans it? senate republicans uh, the, the Don't trump president's leader? son i mean yeah. that's kind of a big deal there's, so um, many subpoenas there's also there. all sorts of yeah. subpoena yeah. constitutional crisis uh, can't spell I, penis the, without subpoena yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm doing I mean, when i say constitutional maybe. crisis maybe that's right um, threats of impeachment or not yeah, really, yeah. Um, because if yeah. you've got a constitutional crisis, you don't actually want to impeach the president because I don't know. Look, Camille, free speech, we tried it. 
and it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> and we also have recent free speech controversies, um, including you, with uh, with, with folks you. getting thrown off of Facebook. And yeah, I had a, an interesting appearance on uh, CNN's Reliable Sources this past weekend. I guess you were also on MSNBC. We were on simultaneously. Well, I got buy-in from my people, but you won, panel. and you won in the ratings as well. <coughs> I believe the CNN came in, dude. Third, it's a, it's a really uh, poorly understood thing when people talk about cable news every night. More people watch Fox than MSNBC and CNN combined. Combined. Like every night. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about close. It's, it's, it's more or less at parity. Mm-hmm. But th- it's a huge difference. Yeah. Like all the, the conversations about, my God, you know, Bernie Sanders is going to have a town hall on Fox News. And this, isn't that terrible? That town hall will be watched by close to 2 million people. Yeah. And your town hall on CNN will be watched by between 500,000. And if you're the case, Kamala Harris, it'll get close to 2 million. But like the general thing will be maybe 1 million if you're lucky kind of thing. And that's a special night. Most of the time, people just aren't watching it. And this and it's strange how we have this kind of disconnect. We think that it's all equivalent and it just ain't at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, So don't take it personally. It's the fault of I mean, like Howard Kurtz beats Brian Stelter. Stetler, whatever. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> um, uh, like every single time by a lot. And it's mm. a weird it's a weird concept because I think a lot of people classify Fox in this in this terrible place that only our dads who we've decided to not like anymore watch. And it's it, it, it can be that. But it's also a thing that just a lot more people watch than watch. the. It's also it also what happened to Howie Kurtz, too, because he used to be serious. <laughs> you know, he had a column where he did the reliable source. He was, column the, he was the country's most respected like, media. Yeah, 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 Washington Post. Washington right? Post. Yeah. yeah. And then I worked with him for a little bit. Um, he's the reason I um, uh, ended up working at the Daily Beast, because he interviewed me for for something. And I was in there and uh, he introduced me to Tina Brown. Oh. And uh, that was that was uh, Howie Kurtz. And then I remember her yelling at him um, about something. <laughs> and then and then he left and did some weird thing with some with some lady that was all very shifty. It was all very the daily download. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. And all I'll say is this. We, news we made a lot of jokes about him and her doing the daily download. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. There, was, there, was, there was really, I remember the screen grabs were all identical. It, they were, it was almost like uh, he was holding a camera up in the corner and doing a selfie of the both of them. And it was the same framing every time. But apparently there's and they deleted also, them all. There's apparently something called a daily download with uh, Carson Daly. Uh, that is not the show. It was not. <laughs> it was not him and Carson. I Daly. walked over with John Daly. Yeah, that oh, was yeah. a daily download. Yeah. I'm still alive. Is Weird. he? Is he still alive? I don't think. Maybe no, a little he's bit. Fat fuck. The John guy. Candy of golf. Yeah, um, <laughs> sorry, real quick. The, the, just the this Slate article actually from Dave Weigel. Howard Kurtz and the Daily Download, the love that dare not speak its uh, name. Okay. <laughs> That's a great head. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that that is that was the rumor at the time that uh, he was doing it with uh, with a um, female uh, colleague. Um, and you can look that stuff up. It's not interesting. <laughs> one of the one of the worst parts about this, we're we're talking. I, like the, I just like the way you, La- you La- it. Lauren Ashburn. doing it with a female colleague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have to specify. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. I didn't say what they were doing. They're doing a fucking bad I, podcast no, or whatever. You said they were doing daily downloads. There's a I, lot of like innuendo that we can't talk about on this podcast. There's a lot. Me, I mean, this that's, makes that's me way, really sad. Is that way true? too there much? There is. Oh my God. Half the things we talk about on the way out of this place. That's true. About colleagues and people we know in this business. <laughs> yeah. Of course. You can't yeah. As, as Moynihan pointed out on Twitter, and this is as far as I want to go with this conversation, the president 
literally almost tried to, or like seemingly tried to out somebody. Tried to out somebody, and yes. nobody picked up on nobody it. Nobody picked up on it. Nobody picked up on it. And it's amazing. Well, it's so amazing. A few people picked up on it. A few people picked up on it. I a couple of headlines. I tweet. Really? Nope. Yeah. I mean. Oh, wait. There's one headline. headline. Daily and caller. And it didn't mention anything in the body of the text. No. Only it was just in the headline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just in the headline. I don't even There's... like the fact that we're doing this. Now. What? I know. But, but I didn't. You know, the president did it. The president did we're, it. We're not. And it's like, oh, let's, let's, let's. What? You just look it up. I'm not saying anything. Yeah. It's in the Constitution. <laughs> no. No. Until I have to. No, I can't. Come on. No, you don't no. think that anyone could t- determine? Well, I'll figure it out by looking at the President of the United States, Twitter feed, when he tried to out a Fox News contributor, which people are talking about. I, I read that tweet, and it was not obvious to me. Jesus I'm, Christ. I know you... Listen, the quotation I, marks is what the quotation it. marks around. Pal, and, come and, on, and the fact that <laughs> is he actually friends with Shepard Smith? It's not clear. The the implications. There's no, are, there's no evidence. Yeah, none. There's no evidence of that. No collusion. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's essentially. <laughs> I mean, oh my god. But it's like it's us. We, can't, we can't do. Yes, this. we can. He brought it out there into the public domain. Are you kidding me? It's the president. I mean, oh, look, if he said. You know, uh, this guy, he's a terrible analyst, and he's a big fan of the Pet Shop Boys. You'd be like, what? <laughs> I don't understand it. He likes electronic music, but Camille, he's implying something. <laughs> you saw the implication. It was very, very clear. If anyone puts those pieces together, if they, actually, if they don't put them together, they're a moron. That's it, right? And judging by the responses to your tweets, they're all morons. They're all morons, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. It's true. I mean, come on! What? Well, like, I, I, it, we're not telling tales out of school. We're responding to the president's tweet. I, exactly. Yeah, I just don't want to respond to that particular tweet. Mm-hmm. I, I let right. many of them pass. Too late. Well, let, let, let's let's do this. Let's let's move on <laughs> from the, <laughs> the, the things that let, make let, me legal, uncomfortable. Let's go to the, the legal other analyst who may or may not be outed by the president. <laughs> and um, <laughs> maybe I'm talking with the president. It's true. Just, I'm just talking about Shaq. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, shut your mouth. Shut, yeah. Exactly. 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 I can dig it. Exactly. Um, uh, so by, we, the, by the way, the woman that did the daily download. Hold on. I don't know if the preposition is with or on Howard Kurtz, but, but <laughs> My God. it is Lauren Ashburn. And here's a story in uh, The Wrap. The daily download founder, founder, Lauren Ashburn, is joining Fox News and Fox Business Channel as a contributor. Um, and she is uh, following Howard Kurtz to Fox News. I wonder if she's still there. Uh, Anthony, can you find that out? Lauren Ashburn, whatever happened to her? There is a lot of... Typical uh, Ashburn spelling. Yeah. Okay, one... Th- all right, let's do this. Can we do this? Let's do this? Um, yeah, so we've got, yeah. so we got a couple of things. We've got long some... Long uh, record scratch sound, and then... Yeah, we've got some uh, some guests. Uh, not guests. We've got some, uh, some listeners to thank yeah. for various gifts. First, uh, Spencer Smith sent us two bottles of booze. Um, I've got this Texas single malt whiskey. Oh, also sent us He's some great, Redemption Rye yeah. whiskey. Oh, um, and uh, he did have some uh, some notes in here. He said that he saw the High Life Tall Boys and cannot abide such suffering. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Wait, 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 wait. Spencer Smith. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Oh boy. 
you have your headphones on when you listen to this? If you did, you might have heard me in the background saying, I like Spencer Smith. <laughs> I want a mulligan on yeah. that opinion. Yeah. If you're talking shit about my tall boys. <laughs> All right, fine. We'll drink his booze and see if it's any good. Well, I'm, I'm pouring the booze now. Spencer, thank you very much. Spencer, thank we you. only have the, the, uh, the, the whiskey in the, uh, in the studio today. He, he's been... Uh, Welch uh, brought some wine. He's been a long time, a long time listener, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of our um, so very, very quickly to Lauren Ashburn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Close that loop. Yeah. Mm. Hosting a show on EWTN News Nightly. And if you're not aware of what that is, it's news from a Catholic perspective. Oh, good. Oh. Clear, concise, Catholic. Yeah, I guess, wow. she, fe- I guess she felt guilty. Huh. Um, oh, what? Jeez. What? <laughs> the president tweeted about her. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think how it goes. I don't think he did. So much gurgling. Um, um, and la- I think Moynihan, la- Moynihan la- some weeks ago, yeah. we got a, a large package at my yeah. office, and that package contained some some glassware yes. uh, that was custom made and had the fifth column logo on how it. Much and it's still in get? my office, can and I you guys can't see it. Why can't There's I like eight of them. It's a huge box. I have to like take it on the train. I have my back is screwed up right I now. I love the fact that you but we're won't supposed go to drink ride from coach, them in the but you're like, I gotta take the subway, take an Uber. <laughs> oh God. God. They, the through consistency. The traffic, through the traffic. Yeah. At, at rush hour. Yeah. It would take me an hour to get here instead yeah. of 15 minutes. Yeah, so what? Um, but in either case, it's hard to get here, so it hasn't made it here yet. We haven't drunk out of them yet. But right. I do look at them every day and I think to myself, wow, someone really likes us. Yeah. And Moynihan, you have the letter that this young yeah, man Yeah. Um, I'll le- use his uh, first name only, uh, I guess. I don't know why I'm doing that. But John, um, who who writes, and I want to read this letter to you. He says, hey, y'all. I think he's probably from some, <laughs> some Texas or something. I love the podcast and help you get good use out of these glasses. I'm not 21 yet. Otherwise, I'd include something to fill them with. I figure this is the uh, least I could do to say thank you for hours of great discussion and good laughs. As a journalism student, I really enjoy it when y'all discuss your work and experiences in media. Thanks for creating something that I look forward to every week. Cheers, John. Thank you very much, John. Thank you, John. That's really, awesome, really John. appreciate that. But, John, I got one question for you. What, oh. are you. what are you doing? You're not 21 yet, right? You can still buy some booze. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have a fake ID at this point, send me my DMs are open. Send me one. I'll hook you up with an Italian guy. What did, what did you guys call it when you uh, would go outside of a liquor store when you were underage and ask the adult going in whether he would buy you the the twelve pack? I don't think it had a name. Uh, we call yeah. the pimping. Like yeah, a, really? the pimpin'? Who's, who's going to go pimp the beer? Yeah. Uh, we oh. just we never had to do that because on the board, on the border of <laughs> they just give <laughs> give no. teenagers beer on the border of Massachusetts and, and New Hampshire. It was like you couldn't sell, you couldn't drink, you couldn't buy uh, uh, booze on Sunday in, in, in Massachusetts. Can't, couldn't buy booze on Sunday yeah. or after eleven p.m. Or after eleven p.m. or in grocery stores. Savages. And blah, blah. The savages. It was difficult, but. To accommodate these people that were losing their business to New Hampshire stores, there was like an exclusion zone yep. that you could like if it was like, if you were like <laughs> within like, like international yeah, yeah. waters, exactly. North Borough. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, uh, was, it was it was it was like the county armagh of like <laughs> it was like yeah, it's a fucking Reddle County. Like so, it has this thing. But of course, it's the logic to it is insane because then all of a sudden the people on the other side of that exclusion zone are close to the other guys got special rules. Yeah, and so ultimately, you just change the fucking law. Yeah. So there was one. Um, right, I think it was in uh, Billerica, uh, Balerica, you would call it if you if you were being posh. Uh, that was a Vietnamese-owned uh, store that was really not very stringent about IDs. So we'd go there on Sunday, 
and we were literally like in short pants and like flat caps. It was like it was like our gang. And we go in there like, hey, I need some like a C and they give us whatever we want. And the guy's like, How old are you? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm fucking 30. And he's like, Okay. And then but car backed up. It was insane. No, I swear to God, no fake IDs, no nothing. Because there was a, it was like real. There was an Asian thing. I gotta be honest about it. Because when we were younger, there, was, there were liquor, there were um, restaurants that we would go to and get drunk when we were like 16, 17. Because there were Chinese restaurants. Oh, yes. We get we get um, scorpion bowls, which are oh, like yeah. bird baths or wine in a box. Yeah. Well, that was we didn't have that. Oh, it was Chinese no, restaurants no. around here. No, we had uh, the bird bowl <laughs> bath. Like, wine in a box at a Chinese restaurant. When you're 16, you will take queens. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, in the city, you don't have to worry about it. But like in the suburbs. You'd go and like all the Chinese restaurants wouldn't card you. So I, I, I mean, we had theories about why, but, but, um, but yeah, that was, that was the, that was the safety one is that going to the, the Chinese restaurant to get drunk. You didn't do that in Long Beach? Uh, we didn't have restaurants. Um, you just had opioids? Uh, for the most part. No, <laughs> uh, no like uh, you just, uh, it was all liquor store based in suburbia. We, like you, you can't, yeah. we had dive bars that you can go to. Uh, just a couple like strip mall dive bars and you would you would figure out the ones that wouldn't card pretty early because when you're a, a 15 year old in Long Beach, California and Lakewood, California you look like you're 15 yeah. you're wearing like a letterman's jacket yeah, you know? yeah I mean yeah. I'm not because yeah. of the problems but uh, like you just you're not at all an old person yeah. um, so like they just don't you have to find a place that doesn't care well I will just say this I really we really appreciate um, the glasses I have um a backlog of uh, messages that uh, I have to respond to. But Camille uh, sent me <laughs> sent me a screenshot yesterday. I don't know, I was walking home. I was coming home from the airport very late. Oh. And I see a screenshot. Because um, I tweeted something about about uh, Dave Rubin, who is in a, a, in a uh, Twitter loop with uh, InfoWars' Paul Joseph Watson. Is that his name? Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, and then um, uh, David Horowitz. Yes. Uh, who it's is a love triangle. Who really. is, uh, used to be a Stalinist and now is a Stalinist and of a different stripe. <laughs> um, and they were all talking. I made a joke about it. And then somebody tweeted at me. And can I, can I read this, Camille? Yeah. Uh, go for it. Because um, you sent it to me. And I was like, thanks, dude. I was like going out. I was literally got back from the airport and I was going to have um, dinner. And then I, Camille sends me a fucking text with people insulting me. Thanks. For that. <laughs> Appreciate it. He's like, hey, did you see this? I'm like, no, I don't want to see it. <laughs> did you read the comments? Here they are. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I, here's the, this, the, this guy's a, a listener to the podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I don't know why you listen, dude. Because Well, he yeah. tells you why he listens in the, in the tweet. Oh, so why shit, you I, read I, it? Oh, I didn't read his tweet. Let me yeah. read it now. Okay. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, uh. I won't read his thing. <laughs> no, I won't read his his yeah uh, his thing. name. No, people yeah. just go find it. You just go find it. Yeah, um, <laughs> just to say. Yeah, well, I'll, make it, I'll, make, so I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it a little harder for you to find yeah. R. L. The King. Um, <laughs> what is that? Uh, Mikey. Yeah, that's Ooh. that's how he starts the, dimi- oh, the no. diminutive. Um, yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> the. And, and, by the way, just I want to say R. L. The King. Right off the bat, you got me on my heels. <laughs> pounding away. Fucking Peter McNeely against Mike Tyson. Getting my ass kicked right now. Mikey, you're all talk, you know, without much substance. What am I supposed to do? Fucking build a school? Like, what? I'm not a charity worker. Uh, it's embarrassing to listen to Camille 
school you intellectually yeah. in every podcast you guys do together. I mean, this might be true, but yeah. I, right. I don't even think, have we ever even had like a, like a school times? A few times. A few times, times. Yeah. I got to educate you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I school, guess my that, nigga. I guess, I guess that bit where we're talking about, <laughs> talking about the calipers and the, <laughs> yeah. the, the bumps on the skull. Yeah. Um, okay, there's a little more. Uh-huh. Instead of being a petty bitch, <laughs> by by attempting to make fun of people's Hashtag political true. ideologies, yeah. Actually, I'm just making fun of your shitty tweet. Uh, <laughs> why not instead? Why not instead debate them honestly? Yeah. Is that a feeling you get from me? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can be a dick, but I don't. Classical well, I liberal that, debate time, but yeah, I should. I but I should. These be, are people that don't accept invitations to debate. To yeah, debate yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, I think that the bottom line is that there was a tweet with Paul Joseph Watson and these other characters, yeah. and you sarcastically suggested these people call themselves classical liberals because they, they are do. something. They other do. Than, yeah. There's something other than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd say there's something other than that. And just I, I, don't, I don't mind disparaging people and also also deconstructing their ideas and yeah. their foul, flagrantly bad positions. The reason this came up is because of the recent bannings by Facebook. Facebook has thrown a number of people off of their platform, um, noted right far right wing conservative uh, Louis Farrakhan, the Nation of Islam. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paul Joseph Watson was one of them. I guess Alex Jones was rethrown off of Facebook, but also Instagram and various other platforms. He, he's there were a couple of other Twitter names still, because that whole thing was on Twitter. Yeah, a couple Laura of other names. Southern. Laura, Laura Southern. No, Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer. Laura Loomer, Loomer and Lawrence Lord Southern. Southern also. Um, who but, are these fucking losers? They are. Honestly. I mean, like, no, but it's not even like, I don't want a description of who they are. Uh -huh. I like, who are the, why does anyone care? They're very influential. They don't, they well, don't I mean, it's, they've, it's, got, they've got large followings. Yeah, but that's what I don't understand. I'm not saying that they shouldn't or, I mean, they shouldn't because they're, because, from what I can tell, they're all halfwits. But I don't understand the appeal. Like, I get the appeal. Like, I understand the appeal of, like, an Ann Coulter. Mm -hmm. And the reason I understand the appeal of Ann Coulter uh, is because the thing about Anne, and I say this about people on, like, goofy people on the left, too, and goofy people on the right, is that she's funny. It's actually true. Like, Donald Trump is funny. I, mm -hmm. This is the thing that took me a long time to realize. I saw, I went into, a, like, probably five or six Trump rallies, like, as a journalist, and like found myself in like the like you know the press area chuckling at certain times like oh, that's pretty good pretty good bit <laughs> he's doing there and i get it but like these earnest people that like break up plays in new york city with like trump signs yeah, I, I just don't understand like who what's the constituency for right that? i don't i don't know and i don't know much about lauren southern or loomer um uh, paul joseph watson all i know is the fact that he is not conspiracy theory adjacent. He believes in conspiracy but you theories saw, and advocates for but them But you publicly. saw his response to this, right? What? His response uh, that, that um, you know, we've all believed. To the bannings? Well, talking, when people refer to him as a conspiracy theorist, I think it was the other day or something, he said, well, you know, I, we've all had... I had dumb ideas when we were young. Movies. You still yeah. work at InfoWars. He, and he's been he, pushing he, the Seth Rich. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> not like, old. Yeah. No, we, yeah. we haven't all done this. No, we haven't. I mean, I had some dumb beliefs, but none of them were like, like the, you know, lizard people and the frogs yeah, are I gay. Think it's, no. I think it's different when you're an adult man. Yeah. You're an adult yeah. man and you believe in fantastical conspiracy theories. When you were frogs. And, and, and it was like 12 months ago. Yeah. And now <laughs> you believe in slightly less fantastical conspiracy theories, but you still draw a check from InfoWars. But, you know, but by saying that, he's essentially saying that they have a point, right? Because he's trying to draw back 
the fact that he believes in conspiracy theories, uh-huh. he, rather than saying my my beliefs don't matter. It doesn't matter right. what I believe. I should be able to blah blah. blah. He's like, hey, 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 that was. Yeah, that was Alex, a long time Jones, ago. Alex Jones to, has done the very similar yeah, thing. It's right. like you know everything that they've come at me with. It's been exaggerated, and you know there's like the <clears throat> there's there's reasons behind all of that, and yeah. it sort of like tries to fluff up a bunch of dust and smoke right. around. Yeah crazy shit he's been saying for two decades well well it's also i mean they it's the john stewart thing it's the john's it's john stewart talking to paul begall and tucker carlson right he said you know famously said when um you know when they said you know he said like oh you sniffed the throne of john Kerry." i think that was what tucker said when they were having this very very famous debate and his response was you know i'm on after a show with uh puppets making crank phone calls Crank Yankers was the yeah, show at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, terrible show. But that was John Stewart's thing, right? I'm a comedian until I'm having a rally in DC. Right. Yeah, then, I, then he's serious. Clown I mean, mask on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's on and off. And that's the thing that Jones and these people do is like, I'm a, when he's, you know, when he's in front of a judge trying to get custody of his kids or whatever, he's like, I'm a performer. Right. I'm just screwing around. And then he's like, no, I believe it all. And then in the depositions, he's somewhere in between when you see these things posted. He's been, I, he's been I very careful with certain stuff recently, like the, the, the Sandy Hook stuff in particular. He's had to walk it back and pretty he, much he, tried to keep it walked back because he will get into legal trouble. He, 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 we had <laughs> he's already in legal trouble. We had a very interesting conversation about that. Yeah. About Sandy Hook. Um, and he tried to tell me that he had walked that. And it was before all the backlash about this. It was mm-hmm. actually truly before all the backlash about mm-hmm. it. I mean, that was like Megyn Kelly's interview with him was a big deal. And I was here upset, like, why didn't anybody get mad at me for interviewing? <laughs> I want to be attacked and fired from my job for $86 million. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I talked to him about it then and he tried to, to but look, the point of these people is it's impossible to debate them. You can't, I, I don't recall. I have it on my laptop somewhere. But he, he, I remember he, he stopped in the middle and like he said he had to go to the bathroom and he walked out for like 10 minutes mm. and came back. And we had a pretty rough uh, go. We, we were taking swings at each other. But it's hard. It's impossible to debate these people. And it's impossible to engage them just because they just make shit up as you go. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the things that, that uh, is that actually Brian Stelter, I'm just choosing the L in front of the T. That's uh, fine. I have no confidence. That's right. That's what I go okay. with. Um, uh, was trying to underline. And as he does, and I say this with affection, uh, he over underlines it pretty much every week um but that is like weird and bad and fish did this too on on twitter it's like the president of the united states is out there calling james woods a conservative thinker yeah uh he's out retweeting lauren southern. retweeting lauren southern uh retweeting um uh and like defending uh the uh the kind of uh the integrity of paul joseph watson um these are bad 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 Bad, mm-hmm. bad, 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 bad people. Mm-hmm. They're like bad people. Well, cut off, cut off the cut off the argument that would come at you immediately is that it doesn't matter if they're bad people, um, but it does in one sense because the president doesn't do it across the board. He's specifically defending these people. He's not defending you know people. He's not saying like Louis Farrakhan. He's been incredible for the mm-hmm. black community. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say it. Um, it was, that, uh, that was not a serious endorsement of Louis Farrakhan. Sure, 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 it was. Sure, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just make it certain. Yeah. There is a secret.
relationship between blacks and Jews, and I would love to uh, give you a book about it. Uh, I got it from the Final Call, a great newspaper. I don't know who's behind it, but they have a very, very strong front page every day. Yeah. Also, great bean pies. Uh, oh, good bean pies. Yeah. I, I believe the verb is to slang them. They're slanging bean pies. <laughs> but yeah. But wait, wait. What was on? Who did I tune about the other day? That was like, um, oh, they they kicked some Palestinian. Activists oh, off yeah. of campus yeah. too, of course. It's, yeah, and it's like you gotta. It's, it, it and was, I don't. Uh, Linda Sarsour and Roger Linda, Waters. Linda, yeah, little yeah. at uh, yeah. UMass. At UMass, yeah, yeah, my alma mater. You know, and it's like I don't tweet that stuff because. Like, I, just, I should cover their side, too, kind of thing. It's like, no, it's because it was yeah, my alma mater, yeah. and it's bad. It's incredibly stupid. 80 groups on campus signed a thing to say um, that they these words might be harmful to us. Yeah, harmful and I actually covered God. I covered a cancel Sarsour rally outside of CUNY in 2017 that was attended by um, what's uh, Pamela Geller, uh, that yeah. she was a ringleader, obviously, yeah. Milo. Um, you know, all the usual suspects were there and, and you know, in, advocating to cancel someone. Yeah, yeah. The free speech absolutists. Wow. Were there. Hashtag cancel Sarsour. That's a little bit of sarcasm on my part. Um, no, I mean, that was actually good sarcasm. <laughs> that one read. That yeah, read. It was yeah. one of the only times I, really? in like five, oh, and <laughs> I think, 12 years. I, I think uh, Janopoulos uh, <laughs> tried to <laughs> try to clear. Great basketball player. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's incredible. I think he's, I think he's from Montenegro. Oh, yeah. I, thought, uh, I forgot Milo was on that list. Yeah. Because well, he later said, Milo. I didn't, I, I do not, I think she should be able to speak. I'm just saying that she's terrible. So mm -hmm. um, at least there's some pressure on people to actually, yeah. you know, to, to pretend that they care about these things. Yeah. But the interesting um, stuff about all this stuff is it, it, absolutely predictable. And everyone heavy breathes about it and they ring the university with cops and people come out and protest and say, Milo, 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 you have to cancel this book that you're publishing by Milo. You have to cancel this. Like, yeah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows this. But the thing is that when you first saw Milo, you saw that the expiration date was pretty soon. Yeah. You saw that this was going to burn out pretty quickly. It's like, you know, he's taking himself very seriously, wearing these, you know, rather elaborate outfits and, you know, having photos taken uh, of him, like these like glamour puss shots before he does his tour and the rest of it. And it's all just completely absurd. And you know that this is like, you know, the Taylor Dane, the Millie Vanilli of, you know, of pundits. Yeah. It, it wasn't going to last. There was no sense of going At the same time, I mean, when I did a piece with him and, and, and met him, I saw the reckless spending that was going to, to there was no way I mean, this guy was living like that German, uh, the fake heiress, who is like, you know, living in, in the like fancy hotels for like two years at a time. It's not Clark Rockefeller. Sorkin, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's the Sorkin, exactly. Yeah. Or the fake Rockefeller. There was, he was the ideological version of that. I mean, he was living in, in, in luxury and we went to the Trump uh, International. He ordered the most, I mean, like, he must have spent 10 grand. He was putting on a show for you. He was putting on a show, yeah. but he was putting on a show with the Mercer's money yeah. that uh, they, they decided they, to stop they giving withdrew. him. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. And this the, the, the gig was always going to be up pretty soon and everyone just had to just calm the fuck down yeah. and just wait for him to burn himself out. Well, we've talked a lot about the, the folks themselves and we've said they're disreputable people. Some of them are, no, actually... Every single one of them are conspiracy theorists. Of I don't know those, if Milo has, not has endorsed any of those yeah. conspiracy theories, but at a minimum, a he's been bet. dubious and hypocritical in various contexts. Um, but all of these people, because of their disreputable behavior, found themselves in the crosshairs of these social media companies, which 
which kicked them off of their platforms. And that is what we were talking about, both of us, on uh, this past Sunday, Matt. And I watched your segment. I don't know if you saw any of the stuff I did. I don't sure. presume that I you always watch. Thank you, Andrew Wimsat, for yeah for, for ripping that stuff that and, and throwing it online. But the argument that I think both of us made, and I'm not surprised that we had very similar perspectives on this, was first and foremost that Facebook ought to be able to do what they want with their platform. They own that shit. It's their shit. It's a private company. It's publicly traded. Um, and this company ought to be able to associate with who they like, this principle of free association that is constitutional and something that we all believe in. Um, of course, there's some sort of civil rights conversations to be had, but that's a different thing. Let's just go with this basic principle. But beyond that, there is this general cultural milieu in which this stuff happens. And there's something about the pundit class right now and many people in the population who have a serious appetite to see people who they disagree with, who have opinions that are just wrong or who believe in gross conspiracy, conspiracy theorists or who say things that are unseemly like Sandy Hook didn't happen. It was a false flag attack and the parents are lying. In some cases, some of these things could be dangerous and have some sort of social consequence. Um, and they might inspire someone to say, I don't know, shoot up a comet pizza. This is a thing. All the same, I think the perspective that you and I offered, Matt, was that the notion of wanting to hide your head in the sand, of censoring everyone who says bad things, of seeing them simply deleted from the Internet somehow, um, that may or may not be a great impulse. And from a cultural standpoint, we ought to be willing to scrutinize that and try to square it with the ideal that we talk about all the time when we say we care about free speech, we care about free speech, we, we protect speech in this country. Well, what speech are you protecting? Speech that everyone is fine with? Or are you willing to go to the margins where speech is actually in jeopardy and say people are saying bad things, but they get to say bad things because it's part of our principle. And we know that in the past, people who are advocating for very good things, critical things, like, say, being able to marry outside of your race, or being able to marry a man who you love when you're actually a man as well, advocating for those things publicly was disreputable. It was unacceptable. It was fucking dangerous. Advocating for abolition in this country at one point was fucking dangerous. In many cases, it was most dangerous to you. So that's why we're concerned about censorship at the margins. And that's why um, even in the case of an Alex Jones who says despicable things, my general impulse is not to try to censor him away. Can Facebook make their own house rules? They can and they ought to. Should they throw him off the platform? That is for them to decide. But in public, I am not going to be mounting a campaign to see Alex Jones thrown off of anything. On the flip side, in defense of my principle, I'm not interested in passing a law that abridges, say, Facebook's free association rights and requires them to keep Alex Jones on the platform, um, which interestingly is, a, is a, a weird thing that I think for a lot of the, the conservative libertarian types who are agitated by the Facebook bannings, they can't seem to square these two perspectives. They have a very difficult time uh, appreciating that someone can be in favor of free speech from a cultural standpoint. Um, in these private contexts can be concerned about the fact that there seems to be just sort of broad, thoughtless um, 
endorsements of a policy of censorship more broadly, but not want to mandate that people be obliged to promote, associate with particular people, service people um, who they they disagree with. Do, I mean, do you know? Of. Do you know what people say to you? And I imagine this happened to you on CNN. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear what Matt talked about on um, MSNBC. But immediately, rather than engaging with that argument, I guarantee you what you heard or what you would hear after this, if this was listened to by people who would be your political enemies, would say, you know, it is profane that you would compare Alex Jones to William Lloyd Garrison. Uh-huh. You know, now it's immediately, immediately what's going to happen. You really didn't see online that that's precisely what happened? Oh, no, I didn't. No. Yeah. Is that what happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's exactly what I would predict. That yeah. I, on, I swear in my life I didn't Alex, see it. Alex Jones isn't a civil rights leader. That's what yeah. some goobah. Legum. Yeah, I yeah. wasn't going to say his name, but that is what yeah. Judd Legum was screaming. Oh, over I saw top that there was something. And I, I didn't was read air. it. I yeah. didn't read that. But it is. It, I it, mean, it, as you're talking, yeah. just imagine me yelling over top of you. Yeah. Alex Jones is not a civil rights leader. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. might also say ducks are not people. Yeah. This is a sure. total non sequitur. Yeah. I never suggested he was a civil rights leader. You moron. Uh, no, you're also missing the point that civil rights leaders, uh, civil rights leaders, don't get extra free speech protection. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it, well, it's the it's the the sleight of hand, right? Yeah. I mean, th- th- rather than engaging with the argument, you can say this person is so poisonous and so p- worthless in this debate yeah. that they would they would dare to compare a fat blowhard like Alex Jones with William Lloyd Garrison, the Liberator. Mm-hmm. Is that everybody knows anybody with half a working brain cell would understand what you were doing about the shifting standards of what is acceptable. The other argument I imagine people would also make is that no, 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 we've come to the end of this. It's the kind of Francis Fukuyama idea of speech of that, no, no, we we know what's good now. They didn't know it was good then. Now we know it is good. Mm. And trans rights are good and gay rights are yeah, good. Yeah, we have all the freedoms. We have matter. all the, yeah. Those, and, and, and if anything, we need to go further on those, um, you know, which is why we have such a, you know, a kind of laser-like focus on, on trans rights from a certain, certain segment of the population. So uh, there's nobody that argues in good faith about this, because what you would argue, would you, you would have to actually grapple with, is that the reason this is actually troubling um, about Alex Jones being kicked off or whatever, you know, I've, you know, you have to do the throat clearing that I have no respect for Alex Jones in any way, not zero in any aspect. I don't even think he's entertaining. Um, but if there was not a kind of movement towards this idea that we can eradicate bad speech, anytime there's a moment in history that it bubbles up, that not that we should educate people when they're hit with bad ideas Mm -hmm. and counter-educate them or engage in a war of ideas, that we are so righteous about where we are in this point in history is always a, a recipe for madness that we have to either outlaw those ideas, abridge the ideas, or just operate on the general principle that we can hide those ideas from people and then everything will be okay. Right. If the internet didn't exist, the Comet Pizza wouldn't have happened. Well, perhaps it wouldn't have been Comet Pizza, but it doesn't strike me that that guy was, you know, wouldn't have been reading, you know, the the Bogreit survival report that he got in the mail in 1994, right? Did you hear? So Judd Legum's argument, though, was that it's not an idea. It's a hoax. Right. That's different. Which, uh, it's, no, it's, it's, it's still an idea. Of course it's still an idea. And it's a belief it's, 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 it's that many people have. Lots of people believe that shit. Yeah. And, and unfortunately for us, it will always be the case that when the Apollo mission is a success and there are dudes walking around on the moon, some assholes will say, it's a fucking lie. You know, so, when, when the president know, need... is shot in Texas, 
and it's yeah. Oswald from the clock tower. Yeah. So, well, yeah. from the tower of the book depository. Yeah. Some asshole Window. is going to say yeah. it was Jack Ruby oh. and the Cubans. Yeah. So we, we, need, we, need, we, need Jesse, <laughs> we need Jesse Walker here for this. He wrote a very good book about this. But I and, and Jesse, I assume, um, I think I know, I've gotten a message from you just listen to this. United States of Paranoia. Uh, yeah, what, United what? States of Paranoia mm. is that um, I know that if I'm wrong about this, he will he'll send me a message about it. But I, I can't think of off the top of my head a time in recent history anyway when this hasn't been the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, There's uh, a post up just today. Oh, really? Today we're, yeah. Man, we're I just, I just, I'm, I'm, we're on, uh, <laughs> what is it, Wednesday? Um, yeah. So this will be released, uh, you know, Wednesday Tomorrow. night. Yeah. Um, uh, about this because there's a new book about conspiracies that tries to make the claim that we're like in completely uncharted yeah, territory no, right now. No, it's absurd. And of course, it's absurd. Yeah. No, I mean, it, I mean, it's obviously the distribution channels are, are different. Yeah. And it, it can, it can, you know, bounce around the world a lot faster. But then again, it can also be debunked a lot faster. That's you exactly can get right. people off of these things a lot faster. And you always have these media stories of somebody. You know, it's usually somebody who's a white supremacist and they've come and seen the light and they've get, they're getting their Nazi tattoos removed and the rest of it. But there's also people who have gone through uh, transformation about, um, you know, conspiracy theories. And I thought there's a very good episode of This American Life uh, on conspiracy theories and on kind of Alex Jones from maybe three or four weeks ago. John Ronson has a very uh, mm-hmm. good bit in that. Yeah. Um, who agreed to come on the podcast uh, soon. Um, oh, great. Yeah. That would be uh, remarkable. Uh, th- this week. Um uh, this week he agreed to it. Uh, but in that, they have a Sandy Hook father who uh, confronts a Sandy Hook truther who actually oh. meets him in a bar and they just happen to be talking. And the guy goes on about Sandy Hook and he wow. said, you know, you know who I am. Um, and the guy becomes apoplectic and leaves and comes back and is yelling at him. It's not like it's not a nice story in the sense that he sees the light. Mm-hmm. But it is kind of revealed. It's not really a spoiler. You still listen to it anyway. That the Sandy Hook father himself was once a conspiracy theorist or, or indulged them and found them fun and interesting and thought provoking. And it, 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 there's also these gradations of people who believe in conspiracy theories, some of whom aren't bad people. And some, I mean, everybody I know who's smart believes in one conspiracy theory or it another, makes- some 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 form of it. Hmm. But, you know, this this presumption that everybody, if you believe in a conspiracy theory, uh, everybody's, you, you have to be Alex Jones. I am, I hate conspiracy theories. I hate conspiracy theorists. I think that, you know, every time uh, there's a, a, a weird, like I had an argument with a guy one time, very smart guy, a journalist, who was telling me about these um, uh, child pedophile cults that the Tories were involved in. Oh I'm like, God. the second this it's starts happening and it's, it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm like, this just, this, it isn't true. If it doesn't pass the basic smell test, can you imagine this sort of thing happening? It generally isn't true. Start by, by, by being skeptical. But I, I meet smart people all the time. And I think we're in this territory now that because conspiracy theories are represented by a figure like Alex Jones, who's such a buffoonish figure, mm-hmm. you know, red faced, jowly, sweating, screaming, selling, you know, hard on pill supplements in between these shout fasts, <laughs> you know, that that's what the conspiracy theorist is. And yes, that is true. That is part of it. But it also undermines it also, you know, forgets that there are um, different types of conspiracy theorists who are wrong often, but far less pernicious. And we don't have to say, oh, my God, let's kick them off of... of Not, like, necessarily completely go there, but I'll go there a little bit. Um, Oh, dear. 
Uh, listen, the skull shape. Uh, no, I mean, uh, Hillary Clinton this week said basically like, yeah, you know, you can run a perfect uh, campaign yeah. and still get the election stolen from you. Yeah, yeah. Think. A lot of stolen election yep. talk this week. Uh, Stacey Abrams. Kamala Harris was Stacey talking Abrams about- from, uh, from Georgia. Yeah. Um, a lot of the presidential candidates ratify her kind of uh, yeah. interpretation of what happened in Georgia. That's right. I'm not an expert on this. Kamala, and, Kamala and, also said Florida was stolen. That's exactly right. She Florida said stolen. apart from voter, uh, if not for voter suppression. And yeah. that's... 2004, Rolling Stone uh, said that, that the Kerry election Ohio. was stolen. Yep. In Ohio, yeah. yeah, which is... I mean, that's a big magazine. It reaches a lot of people, and this is... And, I mean, uh, uh, Hugh Hewitt, that cycle, had a book saying that if it's not uh, if it's not close, they can't cheat. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah. so there's... We were, like, we've baked this stuff in, but I think that it's increased um, tangibly the amount of just kind of uh, statements about this. I forget uh, exactly who it was who had a really good uh, Twitter thread uh, about uh, investigating or just sort of like examining, let's say, um, the Stacey Abrams claim. Um, it was I think it was Coleman Hughes hmm. um, and uh, like 19, 20, 21 uh, uh, tweets there. And I, this is I have blanked this out as an issue. Otherwise, I just hear it all the time in the firmament. People say that, oh, of course, the election is stolen. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this kind of stuff. And it was pretty convincing. And it wasn't like, hey, I'm arguing this. It's just like, here are all the claims. Here's a link to something that's direct to the claims um, that doesn't show that. Right. At all yeah at all and this is very very mainstreamed in a way that doesn't get the same kind of uh, total anxiety that you you see on a daily basis about Alex Jones and other people but let's let's define quickly let's define this though because I mean I think you touch upon something that's actually pretty interesting and because we've decided to to define conspiracy theory, by the conspiracy theorists. These are the people, those are the, that's what a conspiracy theorist is, is people that believe the views of these people. Mm-hmm. What if we take something, when I read on Twitter every day, various you know, versions of this, and I know Camille does too, white supremacy. Mm. This idea, that mm. it connects to everything, and this is like white supremacy. Mm-hmm. This person says something wrong. It's like, well, that's white supremacy at work. And it's like, God, it's really starting. It's because the thing about conspiracy theories is that thing can exist. White yeah. supremacy can exist. Yeah. But when you use it as an explanation for every ill in society, pathological, then it becomes a conspiracy theory, yeah. right? I mean, at what point is it just, you know, demagogic politics? And what point is it? Or, or, or does it matter? Or is there a difference? You know, it, it's just demagogic conspiracy because I hear this all the time. <laughs> the, you know, white supremacy. Is, I cannot believe the stuff that it's attached to. And, you know, you want somebody sensible to say, look, you're, of course, you know, shrinking the actual meaning of this in making people like everybody I know on Twitter who's halfway sensible roll their eyes and they hear it every time, mm-hmm. every time. You know, I mean, like, that's because, you you know, a Jesse Smollett thing makes, like, next time it happens to a celebrity in such a fantastical way, I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Because the previous it. thing happened. You know, I mean, but the thing is that, that, that people don't look at that as conspiracy theory. Right. Despite the fact that it is this Rosetta Stone used to explain everything, and it's a bit flabby, very flabby, in its definition. I mean, what is it that we're actually accusing what in whom of? What, what I don't know half the time. It's, it's just a phrase. It's a phrase that we throw at something that's uncomfortable. If it wasn't for, I mean, you can, you, if you look at these, um, I was actually something like this today, like the, like uh, academic papers and senior theses and the rest of it. And the association of that phrase with literally everything. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how these guys got away. Uh, you know, Peter Bogosian, these people, Portland State, the the like uh, Sokol hoax too, where they hoaxed all these academic yeah, yeah. papers. It was like you know white supremacy at the dog park and yeah. like all that stuff. It's like it's because it's become a conspiracy theory rather than a real issue that has to be dealt with in, you know, relation to its actual size in society. I just want to point out here and make a marker <laughs> that I'm deliberately holding my tongue and not subjecting you to how this applies to my various daughter's middle school applications. Uh, of course. <laughs> of because, course. man, do I have evidence for this. Holy crap, do I have evidence for this. But I want to, I want to get to one concept that's sort of baked into both of our uh, appearances out there. You know how, like, uh, you see it from Radley Balco, you see it from other people, uh, uh, in moments of high, like, uh, division and partisan stress on Twitter, you will see someone say, like, it's possible to hold into your in your head uh, two thoughts at the same time that, you know, whatever, like, uh, Trump is a lying asshole and maybe he's not guilty of obstruction, whatever. I, right. It's just a, throwing it out there. Yeah. Um, uh, this uh, social media ban thing uh, is like the ultimate example of this because people can't ra- – even libertarians can't uh, wrap their heads around this yeah. correctly. Like, yeah, it's a private thing over here. Um, uh, they have private property rights to do whatever the hell they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it is absolutely um, disquieting to see in the culture around us journalists mm-hmm. – Journalism professors yeah. competing with one another to say, hey, hey, Jack, your terms of your terms of, of service say that um, Steve King and um, maybe this other person over there is yeah. uh, Donald Trump is yeah. actually I've seen a journalism professor who is really well known and is even a friend of mine say hmm. suggest to Jack, <laughs> which is like, people like tweeting out, hey, Jack, um, that. Donald Trump is in violation of the terms of service, so maybe you should ban him. Like, what are you doing, people? (laughs) Seriously, what the fuck are you doing? Why are we trying to ban the president of the United States? You don't like it. People are reaching for the club like crazy. And the the long-term argument about all of this is as follows. Uh, Barry Friedman wrote a book in 2009 whose name escapes me. But that argued basically that the Supreme Court follows American public opinion, doesn't lead it, mm-hmm. um, like maybe 10 years after. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, it sort of like ratifies things. They come up with their own post facto kind of uh, uh, justifications for things. Um, and so, therefore, even though right now we have by far the strongest Supreme Court support for the First Amendment that we've ever seen, it's not mm-hmm. even close, mm-hmm. every single year term, they come up with all kinds of new ways to expand the protections for free speech. It's great. Thank whatever for yeah. that. Um, <laughs> the culture. Flying spaghetti monster. I was happy to thank God. I just thought like, you know, Camille okay. with I'm all not his atheism and stop that. Anthony with his conflicted Andrew Sullivan. <laughs> <It's all. laughs> so, uh, but uh, no, like, like the culture is objectively so much more censorious right now. That is a problem. Yeah. It like when I, well, I don't worry about Facebook. I, 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 nearly as much as I worry about the rest of us. I think and, right. as, and as for Facebook and the social media companies, we should realize, and I think that we should lament that once you get big enough, everyone wants to treat you like a utility. And also you volunteer to be one because when you are a utility, that means you never go broke. 
because think about your goddamn cable company. Think about your goddamn yeah. electrical yeah. company, whatever the well, fuck. It's, they stay in business forever and, because their fucking rules are written by them and the government yeah. together in such a way that yeah. you're never going to a competitor again. That's bad. And all of them have been begging for this treatment, mm-hmm. essentially. Including Google, Google today. Google this, yeah. Google this week right. multiple <laughs> times, um, as well as their CEO in a, a New York Times op-ed, if I'm not mistaken. Was it New York Times? Maybe it was might have been today or yesterday. Um, but they also had Epoch a big presentation times. yesterday um, <laughs> where, where he, was, paper. he was he was <laughs> insisting that that we do, in fact, need government regulation. Facebook has done precisely the same thing. All of them have done this, both with respect to privacy and with respect to speech, the, the need for new government interventions in these spaces in order to figure out what's going on, which I suspect is, in fact, for two reasons. One is because there's a tremendous amount of sort of public interest in the issues. And in some cases, I think it's largely elite media interest. I don't know that there's nearly as much public interest with respect to privacy related to these technology companies as there is sort of a, 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 an elite interest in privacy issues. I think issues. that's a very important I mean, point. The, the fact is that Every single American who uses the Internet has access to Brave and Firefox and various free VPN technologies mm-hmm. and, and all sorts Porn of shit that they could use to cover oh, wait, their what? tracks if they weren't interested in being tracked online. They do not avail themselves of these technologies, and it's not because they are all completely ignorant. For convenience sake, they're fine being tracked online because for the most part, all it means is you get ads that are more relevant to you. Um, Could it also mean other bad things? In some contexts, sure. But for the most part, that's what it means on fucking Facebook. Um, And I, I, I... I don't know. It's hard for me to get excited about that. Yeah, but you said there's a second. A, a second <laughs> that you said there's one uh-huh. uh, a, a reason that you think that is. What do you think the second? You, you had a second one. Well, yeah, I think the second. The second thing is that it's advantageous to them to have the media sure. get involved so that they can be a part of setting the rules. Sure. And as Matt suggested, once you are setting the rules, you are making it much more difficult for incumbents to get involved. The yeah. reason someone like Google not might be happy, yeah. non-incumbents, right, and new entrants, startups, the reason why someone like Google might be okay with onerous EU privacy regulations is because it's they, a lot easier for them to comply with those regulations than it, any it, new it, upstart. It, it, it's, it's the big, I mean, you know, obviously, I don't know who was it that Milton Friedman had said that, you know, the biggest enemy of capitalism is capitalists. Mm. <clears throat> they want to throw up as many regulations, especially when they're established and have money and the, and the corporate power to do so. I mean, you notice... Um, you know, he's not taking pictures of my socks because um, <laughs> he's a foot fetish. And he's weird um, That's not weird. Yeah. First of all. I mean, you saw that, by the way, uh, in like the vape world uh-huh. um, is that, you know, there's like mom and pop, like vape juice people. Mm. And they're trying to like, you know, make their basically mixing it in their basement and making um, bathtub. You know, yeah. Basically bathtub uh, yeah. tobacco juice, but it's not tobacco. Yeah. Um, and they're the ones that get ruined with these regulations because big tobacco companies are ready and they have lawyers and they can pivot and they can do it in a minute. Yeah. And all this stuff. Have you done some uh, vape stuff for advice? Yeah, I did one a long time ago and we tried, I tried to get into this, but it was too short of a piece. But that ends up what's happening. What happens is that the big companies that have been working on like, you know, the, the, the smokeless cigarette or the cancerless cigarette and all these things, or the non-combustible cigarette, they were ready for all these regulations and they pushed them because the second those regulations come in, it's going to cost a lot of their back pocket 
mm-hmm. but they're going to survive and the other people can't because they've been doing this stuff in their own production process before there are any rules. So they want rules that en- end, up, end up killing the other people. But to your point, Camille, I think there's one other small thing that people often overlook uh, is that it's also because of internal pressure, internal pressure from your employees. Sure. Young employees these days are much different than young employees uh, that in Silicon Valley boom before. How many times have there been walkouts at Google? There have been a lot. There have been recently. a couple recently, yeah, too. Right. And I have talked to people over there, and it's like the young people that come in over there are woke as fuck. Yeah. They're, they're you know, that is why we have that Google document um, about uh, gender stuff uh-huh. that got James, James Damore Damor, yeah. uh, fired. Um, that wasn't some HR person that sniffed it out. It was people sending it to HR and complaining internally and saying, I don't want to work with this guy, mm-hmm. um, which I think then goes to the, the even larger point that is important not to forget about. The, the pernicious thing, and I've said it even before today about this stuff, is con- continuously reinforcing this idea with people that you can protect people against bad speech and you can eliminate bad speech if you have in the effects of bad speech, which are, again, vastly over overrated. I mean, in the past, when video games, uh, uh, you know, were, were, were caught, what, cause of all these school shootings and crimes, I mean, most people, good liberal people, laughed at it and said, well, oh, not, not Tipper Gore. Not Tipper Gore. That, Dor- that Tipper Gore and Hillary fucking Clinton. Or John yeah. Kerry. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about politicians. You're <laughs> talking about true. politicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. They suck up to people. You know, yeah. Barack Obama was against gay marriage, but he wasn't. Yeah. You know, I mean, good people did, laughed at this stuff. We were Most people had the Frank Zappa opinion about this stuff. Judas Priest doesn't cause people to commit suicide. Stop taking them to court, right? That's what it was a good liberal opinion now. But now, the idea that these words can hurt, can, can, can produce these crazy, you know, things that people do, do whether it's you know guns or you know smashing uh, windows and spray painting racist graffiti or burning down churches or putting up nooses or whatever it shooting might be shooting up synagogues shooting up synagogues this this stuff it, it's not there's not a simple straight line between oh that was a radio show in that guy's neighborhood and he went up and shot up a synagogue mm-hmm. yeah there were eighty five thousand other people in that radio show that didn't do anything that's right so what yeah. you, why we are uh, now taking the conservative position of the past 1980s that these words whether in the past it was like a Judas Priest song or a Motley Crue record or this, you know, licentious music that they didn't like, that now we're doing that from a different perspective. And mm-hmm. now it's it's changed ideologically. And by having these debates about how should we get rid of Alex Jones, how should, you're just like implicitly agreeing that this stuff is driving people crazy right. and making let's, them do things. And let's remember that Facebook's policy, the name of the policy is the policy regarding dangerous speech. Right. Yeah. And, dangerous speech, but but here's the thing, and we which and, people like Milo love and name their book dangerous. Yeah, right? well, we didn't. They, they get something out of it, and we didn't have an opportunity to get into this and in, on the on the 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 CNN broadcast. But um, and I, I think I can talk about the sort of in between segment scuttlebutt <laughs> a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Um, so when we do go to commercial break during this somewhat fiery segment, um, I think it's. Uh, Irene, Irene, Irene yeah, Irene Cameron. She yeah. wrote the notorious RBG. Um, By the way, that's a really good name for a book about like about like ISIS. <laughs> the, the notorious RPG. Yeah, it might be. Um, to Eli Lake's next. Yeah. But, she, <laughs> but she wrote this book, and she was she and Oliver Darcy were also participants in this conversation. Um, but at one point in the conversation, she said, um, "We've tried this whole free speech 
thing, uh, I believe. That's amazing. We've tried this whole market, this capitalist marketplace of ideas, and it failed. It failed. We got That's Comet Pizza. Actually, we got you on TV, and, too. And, That's and you know what's funny? That's I, the marketplace of ideas. I try to be to be very polite and leave some space for people. But very, I very polite, would you say? I, I try in right. in those contexts. I don't want to be the guy who's like jumping all over you and interrupting you. Okay. But when I heard her say that, like I, I mean, inside, I just could not contain myself, and I said, "That's repugnant." Uh, what yeah, is the? What are the alternatives? What are you suggesting here? So that's the first thing. So it got a little heated, but in the break, we were talking about the specifics of the Facebook policy, which. The Facebook policy is against hate speech, but in the particular case of these people who got suspended, it wasn't that they had said anything recently that was hateful. Facebook appears to not only be interested in the things that you say, but also your conduct in public outside of your interactions on Facebook. So the fact that some of these people had been meeting with Gavin McGinnis was part of the case against them that got them thrown off of these was it platforms. Really? Yeah, absolutely. They met with Gavin yeah, McGinnis. Yeah, yeah. Gavin McGinnis was so like did on their all of us. Well, this is this is the problem, isn't it? Um in that conversation I said, listen, Gavin McGinnis, and I don't know if Gavin will hear this, but Gavin McGinnis is plenty of things. <laughs> He's plenty of things. Um but I like know Gavin. Gavin I believe he's held my daughter. Gavin is a lot of things, but the notion of him being like white nationalist monster, like I just don't know that that's true. Just, just and, a I, monster, and I said precisely fine. this to Cameron, and after I said it to her, I said, you know, we're both reasonable, sane people. Mm. We 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 disagree on just how bad and awful a person Gavin is, and. Part of the reason I'm concerned about this is because we've gotten to this point where we're just sort of offering these categorical condemnations of people who we disagree with. And that's supposed to be enough. And anyone who sort of speaks out against this, anyone who is willing to defy that categorization and still associate with this person publicly might also find themselves getting in trouble. Even to share links to content from produced by people who've been banned on these platforms is enough to get your post removed and possibly eventually you get banned too. You saw Snoop Dogg rebelled against that. Snoop Dogg has been rebelling against yes. that, continuing to post things about and encourage other people to post things about um, Farrakhan. Yeah. No, not Gavin. <laughs> Lewis uh, unfortunately, that would be so much cooler and more interesting. <laughs> Just so much more interesting. Um, and, and I said this to her and she said to me, you sound like a very articulate crazy person, which one is obviously racist because articulate yeah. she is not acceptable. Bright and clean um, Sotto Voce. But two, I mean that's not that's not nice. That's not fucking nice. Uh, but can I ask, because I didn't see the segment, did Oliver Darcy chime in on this at all? Oliver had some things to say. Oliver, I think, opened with the categorical condemnations. I believe he said, you know, all of these people are extremists. That's why Facebook went after them. Don't believe anyone who tells you differently. That is what I most remember. Here's from the thing. Here, and I, I want to just wonder about that and, and if he sat by and said nothing and didn't, and didn't defend your position. No, and he that, did not. Okay. Because no, he, he disagreed uh, with me pretty strongly. My it. interactions with him have been, I don't know him, have been, have been good. And he's been nice enough to me, I think, in a few maybe Twitter interactions or something. But um, when you're going about banning people who are on a platform, 
if they're on InfoWars and they're, you know, have videos that they do for InfoWars or if they have videos that they do for Farrakhan, for Nation of Islam or any of these platforms um, and they get banned, um, Oliver Darcy should realize that could have happened to him hmm. because Oliver Darcy started by working for Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. And it's not in any of his bios, but oh. he, he worked for The Blaze. Totally didn't know And that. The Blaze, uh, Glenn Beck's organization, which I think probably at the time that he worked there, he was probably in the full froth of the conspiracy theories with the chalkboards. And the, I don't know this for, for, for a fact if it, was that, if it overlapped, but, but Beck had a brief period um, around the election in which he denounced uh, Trump and said, I helped create this position, mm-hmm. the, the, I mean, the, create this monster, yeah. and went on, you know, CNN and a bunch of mainstream outlets and did did his mea culpa. But, that, but, but this well, week... It's like the, the Mexicans are coming for you yeah, and we'll never get the country back. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, just true. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's depressing because you, you want people to come back from the brink, um, no, matter, no matter what side they're on. Um, but, you know, Oliver Darcy worked for that guy. Darcy that... was at The Blaze until May 2016. Okay. Afterwards, wow. he was at Business Insider. Yeah. Then he went Hello. to CNN. Yeah. Huh. So, so that's the that is the the radicalization pipeline there. There you go. <laughs> I, I guess, <laughs> good, to, good to know, Fisher. I'm halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, what, what if does he not think about that stuff applying to him? Maybe so. If it is if it is just meeting with somebody, as you just said, yeah. Or if it's a previous affiliation, or all of this happened when Oliver Darcy was in that stage of his career, because I don't, I don't begrudge him this at all, at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know people that started at RT, like good people that started, like sure. really, honestly. I, like, I know plenty of people who've been on RT. Yeah, myself included. So I was going to yeah. say some of them, yeah, some of them are in the room. I but like, it, I think I everybody here has. Everyone, everyone except me. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's smart. Yeah. Um, but, you know. Uh, also, that, they're racist. That so. was also like hitting in the batting cages, like early, <laughs> early <laughs> TV. I was like, I need yeah. to just get get my Jimmy Fallon says, like, look, it's really important to get your reps. Yeah, true. Can I ask you guys a question? Because this is this is something that happened both after the segment and during the segment everyone kept trying to push me to say well but what about alex jones what are you going to do about alex jones okay so i hear you talking about this principle that you don't want censorship that you want us to be careful about getting rid of people and trying to bury them but what do you do about this guy who won't stop talking about sandy hook and online judd was saying and a number of his his followers were suggesting that it is completely unfair and unacceptable that Anyone would tolerate this man continuing what to is prey that? on but these families that mean and, to- and, and tolerate them. I mean, God, this is like, uh, this is. By the way, this is getting to some pretty sticky territory. To say that, you know, I, this is the logic that created um, laws against Holocaust denial in Europe. Mm-hmm. It was like it's really bad to make Holocaust survivors have to listen that their experience that actually happened to them was fake. Um, And good God, you can do nothing but sympathize with people who actually run into those arguments and one would hope would run the other direction or face them and and, and argue them. I don't know, depending on how you would react to it. But this stuff is old as time immemorial. I mean, this is not, not surprising that somebody like this exists. There's a number of errors, I think, that people make with Alex Jones. And I think I've actually made this error myself before. The numbers that Alex Jones gets presumes a lot. Yes. It presumes that people who listen to something agree with it, which is not always the case. Right. 
you know, I have copies of very bad books on my shelf that I've written about <laughs> in the past. I've written a lot about, and it doesn't mean that I, because I you own have like them. like 15 signed how many, copies how many of people, Mein Kampf, which Well, they're all signed by different people. How many people <laughs> have found <laughs> themselves in your apartment? Yeah. And I'm, I'm speaking gently. Have found themselves <laughs> in your apartment, took a look at your bookshelves, and said, um, well, uh, Actually, I've got to go. Yeah. I, I have to go wash my cat. <laughs> well, it, it usually doesn't happen because 90% of the spines are actually uh, uh, hammers and sickles. It's mostly Soviet books. The, the place is covered with Soviet posters. No, but that's, but that's what I was going to I have, I have two hand-painted uh, North Korean posters on the walls of my apartment. Um, but, but yeah, the, the idea that Alex Jones, because they listen to it. I mean, I've listened to Alex Jones. I've listened to complete shows. Um, as, as have I. And I just that. like, you know, because I can't come on this and you can't go on CNN and you can't go on MSNBC or do whatever and talk about this stuff if you don't know it and haven't listened to it. And that's a view. That's a listen. And also it, it is all it, it is the most kind of painfully elitist thing that, you know, the elite media nonsense, which I don't necessarily agree with when it comes to Jill Abramson, I sort of do. <laughs> but um, the sense with people like this of like, you can't have the plebs exposed to this stuff because they're going to believe it. Somebody did Comet Pizza stuff, right? Okay. You can talk about that till, till you're blue in the face. The Sandy Hook thing has made people who have been through hell have to go through another type of hell of someone. I know that they turn it off. They know it still exists out there. They know still people talk about it in YouTube comments and the rest of it. It could be a 4chan, 8chan troll kind of thing. How many people actually believe this stuff? Prior to Alex Jones, prior to his big ascendancy on the Internet, there was polls after 9-11 in this city mm. that a major almost a majority of people or 40 percent of people thought that 9-11 was an inside, inside job. Mm -hmm. How are you going to prevent yeah. that? By being a guy at Think Progress who says you can't be on that platform, well, that the it's Pentagon not going to go away. Didn't happen, and, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's not best-selling French not, book, exactly. Like Terry Maison or whatever. Yeah, yeah. that I know that guy thinks maybe a soccer player, but there's someone <laughs> uh, Terry Henry. But yeah, there is there is an idea out there that you can correct people's brains if you know if you, like, if you protect them so they never hear the argument or if from they that hear person. only your argument yeah. which is the false consciousness but, but that, before you get in yeah, I, I, gonna... I just want to shout out to uh, Lou Perez huh. um, mm -hmm. uh, that is uh, uh, friends to some of us here he came out uh, with, with the internet with the internet TV very good um, he came out with the documentary that he premiered over at the Soho Forum uh, um, uh, place uh, down in New York a couple of weeks back that I attended and uh, the documentary is, is like 50 minutes long. You can look at, at it online. It's like five reasons to, this is not the exact title, but five reasons why you shouldn't ban hate speech. Um, and it was very interesting. You had Nadine Strassen on both uh, the former ACLU uh, head, um, both in the documentary and in uh, chat afterwards. And I'm actually uh, curious to hear uh, Moynihan about this uh, due to his bookshelves and other things. Uh, but she has pointed out that Germany, Weimar Germany in the 20s, had quite a few yes. codes about mm -hmm. what you could and could not say about politics in the public arena. And that, as a matter of fact, the people who were in violation of those codes sometimes could go to jail and sometimes would emerge from jail and engage in a sort of victorious martyr salute that might, uh, you know, catch fire uh, later uh, as well. And, and I think without 
analogizing everything to Hitler, although it's very important to actually see what those things are. And again, I want to hear what Michael has to say about that particular analysis. Uh, there's a, a more modern analogy that we've talked about before on this show, which is the last 10 years in Western Europe, which is that um, normal mainstream conversation about what you do with Muslim immigration has been driven um, not always uh, by government diktat, but certainly among cultural diktat, if you talk about it at all, let alone if you're a racist dickhead, which many of the people who talk about it are, mm. but I mean, not certainly all of them, um, uh, then you are going to drive these questions into a super thrilling mm-hmm. underground. Yeah. We can't wait to hear more about this. That was and, Alex's response to and the ban. They're, and they're going to be more potent. Yeah. For it. But I, I'm curious. Uh, Alex's, Alex's response <laughs> to, the, to the ban was that we're, we're it, we're too, it's just too much truth. It's too powerful. Yeah, and trying and to of stop course. Us. And, and uh, Nadine Strassman is right about that, by the way. And there's, um, I think Fleming Rose has written about this too, who published the Muhammad cartoons, uh, wrote a book about those experiences and about free speech. But there's one example. There's a number of, of things that you can discuss and it's hard to make comparisons to some of them, essentially hate speech laws and the rest of it. But if there's one thing you want to look up is that the Berlin police commissioner, I think it was a vice police commissioner whose name was Bernhard Weiss, who was Jewish, um, was running these on, these ongoing battles with Josef Goebbels, who was the Nazi, um, uh, well, he was the propaganda minister, but he was also the Gauleiter of Berlin, which he was like, the, the, they had heads. Gaslighter. He, yeah, the gaslighter, the head gaslighter. Oh, that's, you don't want to do that in this context. Um, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, see, Sorry, you, just, you actually just realized just that, didn't you? To, yeah. yeah the, go on. The, so the Gauleiter of Berlin, and he had a newspaper, in Berlin called De Angriff, the attack, and where he routinely attacked uh, Weiss, uh, who was, you know, harassing the Nazi party because he was a Jew and the rest of it. So obviously he was Jewish. And Weiss took him to court. He was sued. He won. He took him to court multiple times, probably dozens of times, prevented um, rallies uh, from happening because of the speech that would happen there. There was incitement. Um, Weiss, incidentally, was uh, somebody who was opposed to both the Nazis and the KPD, which was the Communist Party, who were running street battles, the extremists on both sides, uh, vice, uh, got out of, of Germany um, prior, I believe, prior to Hitler becoming chancellor in 33 and ended his days in London. But he was someone who tried to use the Weimar law and did it quite effectively in some ways to suppress the speech about him, which is very, very ugly and very, very nasty and very racist. Um, but the idea that there was no uh, speech codes or hate speech or, you know, on the books of the Weimar Republic is totally wrong. It's totally wrong. And the most interesting one is to see the cat and mouse game that Goebbels and the police commissioner of Berlin play. That's fascinating. So you can look that up. I think I got it right. <laughs> it's been a while. When we talk about confronting Alex Jones, because oftentimes I will use something along the lines of you confront bad speech with good speech, that sort of thing. Yeah. And Michael, you acknowledge or have have warned us in many contexts uh, that you cannot debate these people. They they run away from the points that you try to make. <laughs> they ignore a, any sort of facts or logic or, or that or you might make, try to bring to bear. But I, I yeah. think when you mention 9-11 and the, the many people who endorsed or believed um, 9-11 conspiracy theories in the immediate aftermath of the attacks, there are very good examples of what we ought to do in that story. Um, I think the folks at like Popular Mechanics who made it their business to go about publishing a very long and detailed treatise 
on the various things that people had questions about related to this attack. Um, and I think that there are opportunities to do much the same thing in response to some of the more prominent conspiracy theories that are peddled by some of these people. The, the appropriate response might not be to invite Alex Jones on your major national television program to talk to him about why he's so bad, um, or for that matter, to, to invite the local or national identitarian superhero who is beginning to gain some prominence to bring him on your show to castigate him and say, how can you believe these things? They're so bad. They're so racist. Um, I don't know that that's particularly effective. I do, on the other hand, think it is effective to actually deconstruct the ideas and to present um, the counter case to the case that's being made on their channels. And it's not as though you have to be in the same room in order to unpack those ideas, in order to deal with the things that make it rather obvious that this isn't a false flag, that this totally happened. Um, and, and I can't say that there's always sort of a, a best way to do it. I don't have a, a magic wand that makes it likely that no one will believe Alex Jones's narratives over the, the much more accurate account of what actually happened at a place like Sandy Hook. Um, but neither do I think it is reasonable to banish him from particular online forums and have an expectation that he will suddenly somehow have zero influence and no one will buy his myths anymore. I think, um, I think it's probably much the contrary to the extent you're actually responding to him in this forceful way. It almost seems as though you have something to hide as if you're afraid of the truth that he has on offer. And quite frankly, I, I think most of his arguments when it comes to these things are laughable and they are things that are, are quite frankly, like easily dispelled if you're willing to engage. Um, and yeah, it's worth trying to dislodge bad beliefs in your friends, family members, next door neighbor, when you encounter them and you've got a couple of minutes to spare. When my barber, however, brought up uh, various conspiracies about the financial powers who are creating um, <laughs> financial calamities every 10 years like clockwork, because that's what the Rothschilds do. Um, I just said, yeah, just I, I just need a fade uh, so I can get out of here. I think time. I but, think that the the better way to look at it is not to personalize it. This person says the bad things. Yeah. Um, unless that person is, in some cases, the president of the United States or someone who has very specific, tangible power. Yeah. Um, but to work backwards from what is an argument that has the most potency in the culture for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. For me, I will preference the president of the United States or people who do have actual power over the media if it's a coin toss. Yeah. But there are plenty of commonly held beliefs or commonly repeated tropes that you see in moments of breaking news. Um, the president is a Russian spy. Um, there's that. And there's also like, you know, the the owner of the New England Patriots was part of a sex trafficking ring, yeah. which was reported in absolutely every goddamn it's news true. outlet that's true in this country 100 percent false and and 100 yeah. percent false. it was thanks to the good work of people like elizabeth nolan brown who yep. actually mm -hmm. likes to punk puncture a lot of this stuff in the, the the sex trafficking nonsense that happens a lot you know it was, it was tough to even pass that around by the way when there was in, in the early days of that story it was, oh, yeah. it was difficult to be publicly skeptical that was of that story that was the closest i've ever come to uh, getting ratioed mm -hmm. on twitter was within the yeah. first 
24 hours, I, I, I just simply wrote the sentence that um, uh, uh, consenting sex between uh, adults should be legal. Yeah, I, wasn't had even, this, I had the same experience. Wasn't actually. even like actually yeah. referencing it or linking to anything and people are like, ah! Yeah. But, but, but it's, it's funny with this is that that I mean, you bring up a, a good point of that. And we've talked about the mainstream of conspiracy theories and what we call conspiracy theories. Right. I mean, there's a conspiracy theory for eight months every night at nine o'clock on MSNBC, <laughs> like an hour or someone yelling at like how the Russians are doing this and the beautiful mind. And, and very that. slowly. It's yeah, so yeah, slow. really unfolding. Like, God, get to the point. It's really telegraphed I, smoke. It is. I mean, this is like the sorrow and the pity. This is like a seven hour movie. Come on. But the the thing is, it, it is it is a it is always important to remember. I think that Camille's point is is a good one. Going back to the nine eleven stuff, is um, you know Dylan Avery, the guy that made that movie Loose Change, which mm. was the internet phenomenon to end all internet. I mean, I think it's probably been watched by more people than anything that Alex Jones ever done combined. For years, I had people asking years. me if I'd seen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, huh. it stopped recently, but I, I used to have the same thing. Dylan Avery now has many regrets about what he oh, produced. Really? Is yeah, that right? Oh, yeah. He does. And quite a few people have said... They got to him. They got to him, too, yeah. <laughs> but, but people say, oh, you know, it's the internet phenomenon. It's the first Alex Jones. I wish we could go back in time and get that stuff removed or something. They're missing a huge, obvious point here. Has Michael Moore had, had that come-to-Jesus moment where he recognizes all of the poisonous conspiracy theories that he was no, peddling? No, of course not. not no, it's, all, it's no. still, I mean, okay. still... Cuban healthcare is just checking. fucking great. <laughs> yeah, or, or, so or, or, or everything that happened after 9-11. There's a lot of yeah. stupid white men, um, and the book that came after that, there's a lot of wacky yeah, stuff. Yeah, I there. mean, look, the, the idea that the, the, the Afghanistan stuff was for an oil pipeline is one of my favorites. Complete mm. And that the Saudi Air Force was... Which... Yeah. which Pipeline. It's a long story. Castle. But 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 the thing about loose change, which is which is interesting, is not because it is like the first big internet era conspiracy theory. It's also the one that is kind of bipartisan. I think it mostly hit people on the left because because of uh, Bush. Bush yeah. But it was still bipartisan in some senses. Bush, Alex Jones Bush knocked down the towers. Yeah, most tell the truth, person. <laughs> it was you, person. Some people who know that song will get the reference. Um, uh, but. Uh, what people don't understand about that is it was broadcast on Fox affiliates. They got it on wow. local Fox affiliates. Wow. It was broadcast on state television in various places in Europe, RTE and yeah. Ireland played it, Portugal, they played it. Yeah. It was played on, I mean, there was, I remember, I, I still have the clip. I captured it in like 2006. I don't yeah. even know how I did it. Of a woman on state, Swedish state television recommending a book about 9-11 conspiracy. And I was like, yeah, great, cool, interesting. Yeah, I guess it was like, uh, you know, it, it was uh, an inside job. Okay, cool. Yeah, Bush, I get it, we get it. And, yeah. and, and that was that was true. I mean, at the time, th this played, it was not even the internet. It played everywhere. It was playing in, in, in movie theaters. They were sending out DVDs. They were having, film. it was in film festivals. And it was on television across the world because Dylan Avery did a very good job, uh, a, a very pernicious document, but did a very good job of making that movie. Mm -hmm. And it did really well. There's no YouTube. There's no Facebook. There's no there's none of this stuff. There's no standing. And let me tell you something. There are 3,000 victims on that day in the United States, right? Every one of those and those people closely related to them confronted that in the way that on, on This American Life, the guy from Sandy Hook confronted somebody who thought his son was a crisis actor or whatever the hell they said. What a yeah. disgusting yeah. nonsense they said. That happens all the time to 3,000 people. I once, 
and the people closely related to them. Yeah. Right? Um, I knew I nearly punched the kid in Times Square. Once I got in a fight at a dinner party. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Almost so, like in 2006 fight? in New York. Fist fight? Uh, very, very close. Very, very close. Michael, you, Michael's got a bit of a rage there. The final yeah. cut <laughs> of the you know loose change went through many iterations. Yes. Like mm-hmm. some, sometimes they would uh, edit it, re-upload it when they had a new conspiracy that yep. didn't conflate with the previous one. Yeah. Uh, the final cut, the last one that was released, 2007. Executive producer Alex Jones. Of course. Uh, uh, so he didn't. I, he didn't. He wasn't. He didn't like. He wasn't there at the Genesis, but he glommed onto it mm-hmm. and, and, and stunk his name and, on it. And, and by the way, this got this is a conspiracy theory that I think is why is it less pernicious than the Alex Jones crisis actor one? Why? Because where did those people go? Where did Barbara Olson go? Where you have to deal with the exact same crisis actor stuff that you do in the 9-11 conspiracy theories. And it got into mainstream culture in a totally different way. Best, as you pointed out, bestsellers. There is a book that the Nation magazine, Nation Books, published that was, I think, might have even been a translation of that French one that was a conspiracy theory book about 9-11. But I remember we, we were going to talk about the White House Correspondence Center a couple of weeks ago. We didn't get to it. Mm. But I remember... Being the first um, after party at the Vanity Fair after party that I went to the first time, and I was standing with two people that um, were uh, famous actors, because uh, that's who comes to these things. And uh, one of them was telling me and two other journalists, like, you guys really got to l- l- uh, get into this 9-11 stuff because it's total bullshit. And this was a pretty well-known actor mm. um, on a pretty well-known show at the time. And I think, I'm not mentioning the name because I think he might, I don't know if he went out, said it. Uh, publicly after, but many famous people did. You know, I mean, that's it, it's not Alex Jones at that point. It's no, actually it's Eminem. Said, it's Eminem. This isn't Mark Ruffalo. Uh, no, because uh, no. he's a known nine eleven conspiracy. Yeah, KRS One. Yeah, uh, who did a video actually KRS-1. with with I think Alex Jones. Did he talking? Uh, Google uh, KRS One and uh, KRS One and Alex Jones because I think they're they did something together a nine eleven conspiracy thing. But it it you know we talked about Bush knocked down the towers. Sure did. Yeah, sure did. That's exactly. Crazy. See, <laughs> I missed that. Alex That's Jones not, and KRS One. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Those These, of us, those of us who are like part interview, coming uh, of, okay, coming of age in the eighties, <laughs> exactly. are not surprised by this, terrorists. Oh, no. uh, Wait, when, <laughs> when was Air America? Because Air America had a Air, show on Air America. Air what played? By the way, it was Air, early two thousands. Air, Air, Air America okay. played as did Pacifica. I think an audio version of of Loose Change. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And by the way, it is <laughs> if you have a long memory or Michael like a twisted Boynehan. twisted memory like I do uh, of these things, you see these debates as if they've happened for the first time. There's no comparable thing in the past 25 years. Look at the 9-11 truth stuff. And it, you're absolutely right. Air America and Pacifica. Both fighters. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, this stuff... Also fish, like, like quick on the <laughs> yeah, drop. quick on the drop. <laughs> he was fact-checking, just for the listeners un- to understand, yeah. like, Chad over there, our Trump supporter who like does the production <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. here, who's here like smoke, smoking hoolies and like not listening <laughs> yeah, to literally us. sleeping under a MAGA hat right now. <laughs> yeah, we were like talking. That's why he's not responding. Me, me and Chad and Fish were talking, but like before uh, you people like uh, showed up and uh, and like Fish was fact checking that conversation too, like. Yeah. I, I, it, just if I may, it's not it's not uh, that I'm on the spectrum or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have to do you you are, been, I, and not that there's anything wrong. If you say it, right? Nothing wrong. No, with but it. if you if you um, 
I, I was interested. I was it, just like him. The answer to that question was bothering me. Yeah. So I needed to know. Yeah. But that really solved the spectrum problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's literally adds to the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. I was like, thank you for further evidence. Do, you. do we have anything else conspiracy theory related? Because I've got to pivot from there. No, I have, I have a very important. It's not. Okay. Anybody who has any knowledge beyond the last five years knows that it's not Facebook. Yeah. And it's That's actually right. it's actually better now than it was in the mid 2000s. Well, this is the this is the other so this is the last point that I actually have to make related to this stuff. Not not forever, but just in this moment. At some point in that that in between segments conversation, um, the author who I previously mentioned, I won't say her name again because it sounds like I'm just disparaging. And you don't know how to pronounce it. And, <laughs> yes. I mean, I can't pronounce most of them. Doesn't know what they are. But she are. says, but she says, you know, the, the real problem here is that we just don't have the same gatekeepers anymore. And at one point, she didn't we know. used to Did have. Did she say that? You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was somebody no, on Twitter. No, no, but later. like, no, but she probably some, did. It might have been her. I don't know, man. actually. I don't remember if it was her. But someone said to me in recent days, we don't, the real problem here is that we don't have the gatekeepers. That, that we you know, we used to have these three networks who were vetting things. Oh, and now pretty much anyone can put things online. And that's the real problem here. And the thought that I've, I've had every mm -hmm. single time I hear that is, I mean, well, that's just that's just fucking stupid. Yeah. I mean, those three gatekeepers, they could have all kinds of dodgy dispositions or they, they could or be in the thrall of state power or, or under the thumb. To amplify that regulatory issues right in front of the executive branch of the United States, which is exactly what TF happened with all of those three <laughs> broadcasters under Richard Nixon and LBJ, both mm -hmm. of whom were some of the absolute worst about this. And if you're interested in this in Listenerville, go and uh, read a thing that I wrote like a few months back talking about whether like uh, Fox News the uh, elimination of it, or, you know, if they had existed back in 1972, it would have saved Richard Nixon. It's nonsense. It's pernicious, crazy nonsense, as is the notion that reviving the fairness doctrine or the equal time rule or all of these tools for the government to exercise influence over broadcasters is somehow going to make them less responsive to what the government wants to do. But, but the, the core point, is that the diversity of of platforms now and the professionalization of independent journalism and the the move away from a billion blogs to like now you have lawfare and all of these other but, sort but, of smaller journalistic well, enterprises yeah. that are publishing things I, I think that that is there's a net benefit in having the yes. plurality the plurality of voices that we do online. I agree I agree but but the one thing is that I I I want to kind of in some way defend gatekeepers that oh. I don't like well I don't like this idea of three network gatekeepers and uh -huh. you and you know who also didn't like that idea was Richard Nixon as you can see from his enemies list and listen to any of the tapes of denouncing everybody who is reporting from Vietnam um you know and that actually happened you know in the 80s too when when Charlton Heston made a uh, documentary for PBS after Vietnam came on that the Vietnam documentary that was a very big one that they did he mm -hmm. and there was one called Vietnam a television history that was his response to how the three networks had lied to us right everyone's saying everyone's lying all the time but the, the, gate, <laughs> the gatekeeper thing 
it's kind of interesting is what you're talking about was that there was an era where we had fewer gatekeepers and everything was a bit fuzzy. And that was around the Iraq war era. And that was the sort of blog era. And as you just pointed out, it kind of fan, it kind of became more professionalized. And guess who ended up being the ones that you trusted in the end? The people that were journalists beforehand. This is true. Uh, you know, Andrew Sullivan, well, the, brands, the brands still matter. The brands yeah. still matter. And the reason is, is that I don't trust. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go to the intercept. Yeah, for information about Venezuela necessarily, right? They might have something good on it. I don't know. Yeah. They do a lot of good work. I really like the website. It pisses me off sometimes, but that's what a great publication should do, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not there, a gatekeeper of some, in sure. some sense. When sure. it comes to national security stuff, I like a good perspective uh, from them. I mean, that is a type of gatekeeping because a lot of those people, you know, people that worked at, at mainstream newspapers, the people that have, been, have proven themselves, you know, in leaking documents and getting documents, et cetera. Uh, yeah, they're gatekeepers now, too. It's just we have more gatekeepers, and I want more gatekeepers in the sense that... They know gate. They know gate. Yeah, well, that's the thing. the thing, is that gatekeepers is the wrong is the wrong word. It's like you do need people that are trustworthy. And yeah. these, these are established, they're established, established journalists. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think the only argument against it, and I agree with you, is that we had too few of them before uh -huh. because there was the church of journalism that we've talked about in the show before Absolutely. with Brian yeah. Stelter here, uh -huh. is that, that that high church... You know, the elders of the church there were, were was very small, and now it's it's broadened, and the people have a greater they, voice in the church. Although they, they although, failed, although us. they still they're still upset. They're still upset about the reformation that's taking place all around them. Absolutely, they want to maintain their power. Yeah, and they keep assuring us that the big problem, what's wrong with America right now. Are you about to throw it's up? The, yeah. No, what's it's just, going on? It's really it's not strong. Throw up. It's just no, I mean, very it's strong. strong. I had I did that Fire too. Water. That's the whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, single malt. It was double malt. That's different. The, that's oh. the cold open because it sounded like you were puking while you were <laughs> <Yeah. down. laughs> yeah. throwing my mouth. A no, yeah. no. That would just, be a great like Marvin Gaye like All Star Game thing instead of just like throwing up while you're talking. Yeah, we shouldn't talk about throwing up anymore. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Sorry. He's so close to booting right now. Yeah, I'm not yeah, at all. Yeah. No, it's just hot. Yeah. It's hot. What? Hot, y'all. <laughs> Yo, it's hot. <laughs> wow. Why are you sound like fucking Little John all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> all right. We can move on from that. Um, well, maybe maybe we could talk. But we've got a little bit of time left. We? Maybe we can talk. Do we? We're, 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 we're over ninety minutes. We're over ninety minutes. We could either we could probably wrap this up. We so let's wrap. Kick some some post show banter or well, closing show banter. I wanted to talk about. I, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah. We, let's let's get out of here uh, as we're as we're leaving. Um, the the Democratic field um, is massive. Um, and we have not talked since Joe Biden got into the race, I don't believe. And since then, two candidates Officially. have jumped in after him. We don't give a shit about I think those maybe three. I, yeah, think, I think all of them are at sub 1%. The only oh, yeah. person that matters increasingly for the moment is Joe motherfucking Biden. Um, and Do you love him as someone who's uh, like well, this in that is, area? This is interesting because before Trump, I used to be a proponent of Joe Biden oh in a very weird, God. abstract sort of way. Mm -hmm. And my motivation for supporting good old Uncle Joe was that he would denigrate the office of the presidency because he was inherently <laughs> silly. <laughs> he was inherently silly. And yeah, you should elect him because you, you people won't take this seriously. And uh, now he's the savior of democracy. Yeah. Um, it, it is funny how, uh, how things change. Um, so, no, I think it's it's interesting. I'd be interested to hear your perspectives going around the room uh, about the the transformational figure that is Joe career politician Biden, um, who is uh, now going to be apparently the Democratic nominee. 
uh, if we were going to start predicting mm-hmm. I made the I made the, uh, the terrible decision to try to use a metaphor. Oh boy! No, no. For a like as a, as an anchor. Does it involve elephants? A, a, a column. Mm. Anchor for a column. Does that work? No, I don't know. <laughs> No, it doesn't. Uh, for the LA Times uh, today, which was that uh, Joe Biden is a rusty weather vane. That's what you okay. wrote? Okay. That's what you wrote? Keep going. <laughs> First draft, right? Who's, who's your editor? <laughs> no. Do you have no, their email address? Super, it's super public. nice. Yeah. It makes sense. Think, think about it. Like, he goes in the direction of public opinion, but he's, he's kind of old, so he goes, eh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Do you know, do you, can I tell you something? Matt, when he came up with the rusty weather van, <laughs> was literally walking down Smith Street in Brooklyn, saying, I, I did a rusty weather van. <laughs> people like, what? I got a, I got a joke, the rusty weather van. Like, yeah, no, okay, whatever, dude. And he was going to the park. <laughs> talking to people he's proud of that shit he's proud rusty weathervane is actually his hip-hop alias yeah that's right yeah he sounds like a country singer rusty weathervane but you know what what i like about joe i was gonna say trap yeah trap rapper yeah he's from atlanta he's a hot trap rapper biden is like trump before trump right in the sense of like do you remember, like, 2006 or whatever, when he yeah. made the Indian comments? Like, yeah. stuff like that? Everyone's like, he's oh, always stepping on yeah. it. He's always stepping, like, he's yeah. always stepping in it. It's like, yeah, this shit doesn't matter guy. anymore. Yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. He's like, you can't go into a Dunkin' Donuts Stand up, without Sam. having oh. an Indian accent. <laughs> That's right. One, one thing that's so like Indian accent. When he, when yeah. he, when he he's announced, like, no, 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 it's true. And yeah. he's like, he wasn't totally wrong because all the franchises were owned by Indians. Like, good, old, like, good old Uncle Joe. Yeah. When, when he announced he was running, uh, I was on vacation. But I, I caught the I caught a an ABC clip that somebody had retweeted from 1987 when he had to drop out of his first presidential election yeah, the for multiple yeah, the, the plagiarism um, and the lying about being in the bottom half of his um, gra- uh, grad school class when he he said he was in the top half of his class that was the lie yeah. top <laughs> half that's a real humble lie yeah uh, mm-hmm. he was actually very close to the bottom 75th out of 86 and so this this so. In this in this little clip from 1987, which uh, Peter Jennings <laughs> introduces, I don't, I don't know who the uh, reporter was, but both Peter Jennings, the reporter, and Biden at various points in this two-minute clip are lamenting these these troubled times of ours where it's just so easy to derail a presidential campaign based on, you know, some lies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, these, people, these people are just out to get us. What is the discourse? That was basically the yeah. difference. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Peter Jennings, the a, death of uh, by the way, a, 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 a not, either a college dropout yeah. or Didn't non, go. non-graduate. Non, non-graduate. Yeah. Yes. A Canadian non-graduate. Yes. And you see what happened to him. I'll yeah. tell you, I'll tell you who you. My, my, new, <laughs> my new Joe, my new Joe Biden, my yeah. new Joe Biden is. Though. I like Peter Jennings. Eric Swall. Oh yes, my Eric God! Eric Swalwell, who is the Rudy of American politics, and by that I mean he's the guy, not who, Giuliani, but like the kind of mental yeah, kid. No, Rudy, Rudy, who desperately wants to he play for Notre, Notre Dame. Small. Notre Dame. Oh. He was just small. I thought he had a different movie. No, I he, was like, he wasn't <laughs> just small. He also didn't have the grades. So Eric Swalwell is a guy who doesn't have the physical stature or the intellectual fortitude to actually have or hold down any sort of respectable job and somehow has managed to get himself elected to Congress and is now running for president. Every time he opens his mouth, I wonder, am I allowed to make fun of this man? 
You've, can you, I, can am I, I allowed can, to make fun of him because he seems uh, as though something is wrong, as if he might be touched? Are we going to hit today's can I, tweet? Can I, can, I read you, can I read the tweet to you? Yeah, Go. Yeah. yeah, this is Anthony Fisher sent this to the, <laughs> to the chain. The chain the that chain. if it was ever, Just if call it was the ever Fleetwood Mac. published. Yeah. No other we more context. We yeah. would die. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't want this chain never to get into anyone else's hands. <laughs> get, let's I'm just going to call it the chain. Inviting them. Yeah, the chain. Call it the chain. Okay. What's up? Twelve chains. <laughs> this is Eric's. This is Eric's. Well, yeah. No, I'll explain it later. Yeah. Um, this is his tweet. Remember that time Pearl Harbor was bombed and FDR called the Emperor of Japan. Oh, the time the Twin Towers were struck and Bush ringed Osama bin Laden. No, I don't either. So why'd real Donald Trump call Putin after the Mueller report was released? Hashtag Commander. In cheat. Oh, oh, sick bird. Eric. Sick bird. Eric Swalwell. Ladies and gentlemen. He's not even qualified to be the water boy. It's almost like a resistance whole party. Yeah, yeah. Like, but two on the nose, I like, wouldn't pass. I like, yeah, funny I like your Phil Hartman. Because <laughs> <laughs> he kind of looks like that. He kind of looks yeah. like you should read it like that. You know, uh, but it, it, <laughs> but it's, uh, also. But more also, of a slur, though. He has a slur. But also the great thing about that, and there's no, we got to go because I, but there's, a, there's no point in getting it. <laughs> but like that, seriously, is the dumbest shit I've ever read. Like, <laughs> FDR was like, you know, congratulations on bombing us. Like what? And like, <laughs> and then the Mueller report's like, no collusion. Same, the same, yeah. same thing. <laughs> it's the exactly same. the same thing well, of actually, all the murdered people in Hawaii. I think that same. is, that is actually the resistance perspective though. That this is the most egregious attack on America. Since, since the last nah, time a nah, foreign power nah. tried to manipulate an American election, which is every American election, <laughs> <of> <laughs> years. guys, guys, no, yeah, y- you lost. That's it. You lost. The now try to win the, the next time around. Is a professional racket right now. Why like, it's not like there's not a grassroots underneath it. Do, do, do you know what I would do? I'd be like, you know what? I had a bad. I had a bad experience, and I'm just going to move forward, and we're going to win it this time. We're going to win it fair and square. Remember all that stuff we didn't do visiting Wisconsin? Yeah. Ah, we don't do that. stupid. That place is dumb. Did you see that Obama, Obama was apparently, you know, secondhand sourcing, but Obama apparently was very critical of Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. Yeah. Like, like, like furious about yeah. it, actually, afterwards. The, like, Obama, yeah. what, afterwards? Because he well, well, lost. He, that's, the, the, he, he went, he's told this source that afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Nah. I mean, I'd say what? You're going to hate me for this, but, you know, post-presidency Obama is pretty great. He's saying some things that I like, <laughs> right? No, we talked about this today. He's going to launch a podcast. Fuck him. What? Why? We have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we not never just launching have a podcast. Power. I think got like a billion dollar deal from Netflix. Why are you mad at the guy for fucking being mad. successful? I'm not mad. God, He's balling out of control. Thought you were like him. a Randian or something. Good for like him. I yeah, I give the guy credit. He's going to make documentaries about dumb stuff that I don't want to watch. But <laughs> once in a while, I was going to say, you know what? Let me be clear. <laughs> if you're going to university, you know, just man up. Come on, do it. Man up. It's like, yeah, good, good. You said it. He said it. Nobody get else cl- is saying it. So good for him. Get a clip it. I, I, I've never tried the Obama yeah. on the show before. No, it's, it's close. It's close. It's I think close. I don't know. That was just yeah. kind of. No, I think the let me be clear is as let close as you've come. 
That's as close as I've come. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I sound like. Could I sound like Ilhan Omar? Mm. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> She's the worst, by the way, just for the record. And by the way, it's not because of the shit that everyone else talks about. She's awful because of Venezuela and her. She, it is disgraceful, the shit that she says. And she was on Democracy Now. You can go watch it when she's like, yeah, it's America's fault. There's so before, many... that, before that happened, everything Bully, was great. Bullying of Maduro yeah. is what she yeah. said. I've, I've always thought like, very little of Congress, but there's something about the, the current moment in American politics. Just everyone seems... Because like, Congress has never been praised before. Infinitely stupider. Yeah. And they've seemed in the past. Like, but, do you, do you remember, really but do you remember dumb. a freshman class that's been so praised and because the president is so depraved and so horrible yeah. that, that the overpraise is insane, especially because yeah. it's a, yeah. a diverse yeah. kind of group of people, too. It's like, I can't remember a freshman class. Can you? I mean, there's a 2010, and, and I was uh, swallowing because I was Yeah, this is some, some juicy whiskey. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? Um, it's not no, just me. Uh, but like the Tea Party class of, of 2010, it's not was totally, racist. well, sure, yeah, um, comparable, but like mm. they were special and fresh and all this kind of shit. Um, and not like this, though, not like superheroes. Well, but they were portrayed also... as such by the media, of course, right? But they were, I, I think, like history will show that they were interesting. Mm -hmm. And so, but then what, yeah, like those people, like, uh, were came on the scene talking about constitutional conservatism and it didn't go anywhere really there's only a few people like less than true, yeah. the fingers on my hand yeah. who took that shit seriously yeah and there were 40 50 people who got elected on that has anyone plotted the number of people in that incoming class that was so highly praised and thought so highly regarded by, by Republicans. Mm. This was the hope to save America from, you know, impending socialism. The number of people that survived, uh, a lot of them didn't, of course, uh, and are now Trumpers. The uh, one thing, it's not direct answer to your question, but like uh, uh, Thomas Massey, who's someone who's been on this uh, podcast before, um, he will say, as someone who disappoints and also uh doesn't on 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 some occasions he he says the most people that he has endorsed which is a small list have been like total utter fucking disappointments yeah like like you just assume oh he sounds nice or she sounds nice you do it and then like boom they become utter fucking disappointments it's yeah. like I, there's five yeah, libertarians or like it's not like it's not a matter of, of ideology. Really, it isn't. It's like, are you going to be serious about what you do? Um, well, it is about all? ideology in one sense. The, the flexibility of ideology. Um, I, I don't think even good people realize when they're running for Congress and what they have to sort of that is why. Bernie Sanders is actually worthy of praise. I have said a long time ago on the show, I remember saying that um, the thing that people praise him for is consistency is not something you should praise somebody for. If right. you have the same views for 40 years, that's a problem. Especially his, his views. 76. Exactly. Yeah. That said, I the reason he gets uh, so many props from people and increasingly from me is that he's somebody that actually does exactly what he says. And I'm, I, Joe I'm, Biden. Cri I'm critical of him Seriously, for I'm the like views that he has has and the fact that they haven't changed because the evidence has changed and he hasn't and that's mm. a bad thing mm. yeah but the fact of the matter is that you look at that tea party class you look at this incoming class now i will respect aoc i will respect 
uh, uh, Rashida uh, Talib, and I will respect Ilan Omar, these ones, the three people getting a lot of attention, if they stick to their guns, and I disagree with them, totally fine. Because it is so disappointing to see so many of these people come in and say, oh, we're limited government, this, that, and the other, and the next thing you know, they're saying, these tariffs are really the best idea to fight the yeah. horrible Chinese. I, what are you talking about? What is wrong with these people? I, I It's say- really interesting, the constellation of people who are endorsing the president's tariff push. I, I, I'll say one quick thing before we go that yeah. I, I shot. I was last. Well, I won't say what I shot. Last week I was in Wisconsin, <laughs> and um, Foxconn is in Wisconsin. Don't right? milking cows. Yeah, that's what I was doing. And it's really funny to try to get a Republican to talk to you about why mm. they have given four billion dollars in taxpayer money. Not not like it, this is actual taxpayer money that's going to pay for about 18 to 20 percent. Right, not like the Amazon tax it, credits. It, it, exactly right. Totally like different. actual cash actual money. cash money that would pay 18 to 20 percent of yeah. each Foxconn job salary. And eminent domaining people out of their houses to build this place. It's crazy shit. Uh, I mean, in the most aggressive ways, like lowballing them the figures and then saying, well, well then on top of this, we're going to give four billion dollars of your money to a Taiwanese, essentially a Chinese mega corporation so they can create jobs that they said they're going to create that now they say they're not going to create. And it's like the people on board with this in Wisconsin are Republicans. The people who have objected to this, homeowners, have emailed and written uh, Paul Ryan. Remember the hope of Paul Ryan? I remember writing something positive about him a long time ago. They said, you know what? It's really not my jurisdiction. Uh, write, write the town. No help from it all. You know, after Kilo, they passed their own decision. Like, this is what we're going to do with eminent domain. Nobody cares. Stuff that they can't even be eminent do- domain, they're still threatening them, even though it doesn't apply in these situations. It's so Paul funny. Ryan, Donald Trump, and Scott Walker writing this shit the on The three of them writing it on a napkin, the 13,000 jobs, total horseshit. And that number has, of course, been dialed down considerably. Donald Trump two times said that they're going to make iPhones in Wisconsin. No, they're not. They're not going to even assemble them. And then it was plasma, flat, plasma TV, LCD screens. And now they're smaller LCD screens. And now it's just a research thing. It is a scam. And every one of those Republicans who pretended mm. they cared about these issues should be thrown out, as Scott Walker was, and disgraced on their way out. Because Republicans there in the state legislature are defending this stuff at this point. There's no point in ideology. There's no ideology. You're just a guy that has an R next to his name that's trying to cling on to power. That is it. Dumb motherfuckers. One one last note on our way out the door. Um, and I don't really, we don't need to have a conversation about it at all. I'm not a tax, tax expert. But the, the $1 billion in losses um, from that New York Times story with the, uh, the old Trump tax returns, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, the most interesting element of that for me, uh, which I just was completely unfamiliar with this was the Trump uh, pump and dump scam where he would come in and threaten to do these hostile takeovers yeah, fake corporate purchasing yeah purchasing a little bit of stock when he just didn't have the money to do these hostile takeovers at all running up the price of the stock You're and then jealous. selling to make you money afterwards jealous. But no this is the best part of the story <laughs> it's not that he had that scam it's that he pushed that scam until he had lost all of the money he had made running the fucking scam. He kept doing it even when people were no longer believing that this bluff was for real. Yeah. He is a dope 
He's <laughs> yeah. really, really so bad, bad at this at shit. Yeah, he's bad. <laughs> like you are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. You are just losing money, yeah. hands over fist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you are so bad at this. <laughs> so bad. Like the the all he could have invested all his money in a tobacco company in the in the seventies and made more money. He's so bad. Could have put in a mutual fund. He is well, yeah, horrible. Yeah, he would have made a lot more. It's crazy. All of his grifts, like this, it's like he's he's Mister Bean. He's running for president, and it's a fake campaign. He has no aspiration of winning at all. He wants at the end of this, what he wants more than anything else is to lose and to get Trump Tower Moscow. That's what he wants. And, and Trump instead, TV. Trump TV. Yeah. he fucking wins, yeah. and he doesn't get his yeah. Trump Tower yeah. Moscow. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible. By the way, isn't America amazing? <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're actually going to fuck. It, it is like the producers. Like, you're trying to make the play flop, and everyone's like, I love it. This is the producer's presidency. This, right? is, the, this is the thing about the resistance. Like, that is a hilarious, hilarious story. It's hilarious. It's crazy. And it's instead, yeah. they have bought into the other idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he is a super FFB genius. agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Who is, he's like, who's run a scam pro. on the American people. No, he's the desperately key, wanting to lose. The conspiracy Yeah, the Keystone Zerzhinsky. They're like <laughs> bumbling around. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Wow. The, like, the best thing about this, when everyone's talking about the master spy, Donald Trump, and the guy who's like a brilliant Businessman, anything. We've been everyone's been over this before, but there's something that everyone misses. You get there's a tip off. You have one tip off. <laughs> this guy is worth like a lot of money, right? He's losing it and he doesn't know what he's doing with it. But there's some point in this where he's like, you know what I need? I need a steak company. <laughs> I, I need to like have Trump water. I need like steaks named after me. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> like you're fucking, you're fucking with it. Everyone's like in a table. Imagine that scene. They're all sitting around a table, like, dude, is he joking? Like, no, I think he's serious. I want, yeah, I want a steak Trump company. University. Yeah, yeah, I want vodka, a steak, and then I want a college. <laughs> I, I'll see you guys later. And he just disappears. And he comes back like six months later and he's like, what's going on? It's terrible. This is it's insane. The, the tax returns that he doesn't want to release, it's not because it's he's hiding. There's Russian money he's in there. Good good stuff. Stuff. Humiliating. He is humiliating. <laughs> he doesn't want you to see yeah, yeah. that it's all a yeah. con. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like hiding your like fucking yearbook picture. You're like, God, I looked really stupid back then. That is the most amazing shit in the, the world. These are the conspiracy theories that I believe. Is, people, this is the only thing is that they're almost certainly true. And, yeah, and I can't be argued against. Yeah, because I'm gonna end the podcast now. Are we? Are we good? Can we go? Yeah, I think we're good. So good. Bye. Yeah, I say goodbye. Bye. Bye. We know of new methods of attack. The Trojan horse. Column.